Hello and welcome to another edition of 99 Questions. I am your host, Bob Buell. This is an oddly numbered interview show where we ask all sorts of interesting people interesting questions. I'm joined today by the great Adel Rafai. Adel, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. And wow, the, no one's ever put the word great in front of my name. That's very, uh, very high praise. Thank you so much, Bob. Yeah, we, we try to really up our guests on this show. <laughs> we try to put as much praise on them as, as possible. Yeah, and to put it before my name versus like even Alexander had it after his name. So um, the great Adel was, was uh, very impressive. It really surprised me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say you're at least two words greater than Alexander the Great. I never met that guy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, fuck that guy. Deserves to be bumped up. Yeah. Wait, can we curse on this? Oh, please do. Okay. <laughs> I encourage it. Dang, heck, balls, all the bad ones. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, basically, uh, if uh, anyone's a first-time listener here, we're going to roll through some 99 questions here. The famed list that I actually have printed out. I don't know why I don't have it digitally, but it's printed out because I'm just old-fashioned like that. You're tactile. Uh, yeah, there's something about reading it and, like, putting on glasses. I feel like I'm on 60 Minutes or something. It's, it's just my, something. Yeah, this is my issue in terms of my mom and several people have bought me Kindles and they're like, mm. you're such an avid, uh, voracious reader. And I, and I have uh, I have over currently, like, 1,200 books in my house. So mm -hmm. everyone's like, go digital. I'm like, I have to have that sweet, sweet tactile <laughs> touch, the touch of a paper. Plus, is there anything better than, like, popping open a new book and getting that whiff? Just no. that, like, no. it sounds weird to people who don't do it, but yeah, here's just some, that. Oh. Here's something I do that, make, that shows that I'm truly insane is anytime I <laughs> buy a book, I pick it up and I flip through the pages like, uh, like I'm making, like, uh, stop animation or something. And mm -hmm. I don't know what I expect to see in the pages. Like it's, I'm not <laughs> buying picture books, but for some reason it's, it's like a ritual. It's like, uh, uh some, some amount of me is just like, you have to flip through it and just kind of see what you see. <laughs> just to make sure there are pages inside. <laughs> I've been one of before. these days, it's going to be a wooden block with yeah. the hardcover on each end. And that day you will not be the fool, sir. Yes. Aha. <laughs> so, uh, just to go into it real briefly before we dive in to the questions, there are a couple ground rules. Just uh, I give this preamble to everybody. Take as much or as little time as you need to answer any of these questions. Perfect. So if a simple yes or no answers it, give me a yes or no. If a short story about your life helps us get to know this answer better, mm -hmm. I want to hear that short story. Great. Ground rule number two. Uh, none of these questions are here to get you. There's nothing political or crazy or outlandish, I don't think. But if you want to pass, we can pass. Okay. No judgment. We'll skip over it. If you don't want to answer it, cool by me. No I worries. Like, I feel like I'm about to box. <laughs> I do have a bell. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wearing a towel. Just a couple ground rules. No gotcha, question, no gotcha questions. No kidney punches. Let's have some fun. <laughs> if you're going to touch gloves, touch them now. Yeah. Good, clean interview. Here we go. <laughs> And uh, ground rule number three, despite the name of the show being 99 questions, there might be a follow-up. There might be, uh, some of these might just be a sentence that I put a question mark at the end of it, and I know and you know it's not a question, but don't take it too literally. There might be uh, more than 99 questions yep. involved. To be expected. But we're gonna, yeah. Thank you. So uh, the first of those non-questions, Adel, are you ready? Yes, I am. And Bob, uh, thank mm. you so much for having me. 
Oh, I really very appreciate sweet. it. Very kind of you to reach out, and uh, I'm I'm glad to be here. No, I I really appreciate uh, you saying yes because uh, I. Literally, the, the basis of this show was me going through every podcast I listen to and yeah. everybody I follow on Instagram and saying, hmm, it would be cool if I could ask these people some questions. <laughs> and I added them to a list, and uh, you are one of the first, what episode is this, six? You're one of the first six to say yes. So, Ooh. bravo to you. Thank you, guys. Shoot your shot. Yeah. Hey. It would be a no if I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number one. What's the perfect breakfast? Ooh, okay, this is good because during during these days, um, my fiancé and I have been making what we call fancy eggs. And to Ooh. me, fancy eggs is the perfect breakfast. So what we do is we take, we bought some butter that's infused with uh, rosemary and garlic. Uh, we put that in a pan. We put some minced garlic, uh, pre-minced garlic in there as well. Uh, and some rosemary um, on the stem. Uh, then we take out the rosemary. We put in four eggs. Uh, we add some grated Parmesan, and then we make basically scrambled eggs. We put that on top of uh, everything bagels. We add some uh, hot sauce to that and some sliced avocado, and it's uh, it's the perfect breakfast. That is an immeasurably fancy egg. Thank you. That is That sounds mouth-watering right now. Eggs are so good. Where and so we... versatile. Yeah, where would we be without eggs? It's so weird to think that eggs are so important to to like culinary experiences and food in general. Yeah, someone came up with the recipe for French toast, but without an egg, and they yeah. just said, oh, screw it. Yeah. <laughs> what this am is... I supposed to do? I got this dead chicken here. <laughs> I guess I guess eggs aren't, eggs aren't necessarily dead chickens, but... Uh... <laughs> It's part of that uh, yeah. circle of life or whatnot. Yeah, it's in that realm. Yeah. Right, question number two. Who's the coolest dude? The coolest dude? Um, I'm going to have to go off of... This, uh, this is going to be very recent, but mm -hmm. I feel like uh, Fiona Apple just put out a new album. And Ooh. listening to that, it was like her first album in like eight years or something. And yeah. listening to that album reminded me that Fiona Apple is like the absolute coolest and my whole ever since high school I've been so into her music and just like the way she carries herself in terms of like I, she's somewhat of a hermit I believe she's yeah. very very like political and very much like speaks her mind and like fights for what she believes in and I feel like she's she's currently the most in this in this time of like celebrity fatigue um, mm. I feel like Fiona Apple is, is the one true celebrity where it's like, I don't know a ton about her. I like it that way, but I love that she's, she does her own thing, dances to her own beat and, uh, and her, the, the, her output in terms of the creative content of her, you know, uh, artistic ability is, is second to none. I feel like she's one of my favorite musicians. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Fiona Apple is fantastic. Have you ever seen, she did a music video in. Oh, years will be difficult. Maybe 2008 okay. or so. And it's just, it's one of her singles off whatever album she had at the time. Just kind of a love song, you know, yeah. very in her style. And the entire music video is her uh, lying in bed or walking down the street next to Zach Galifianakis. And Zach Galifianakis is lip syncing every single word of the song as if he was singing it. And Fiona Apple's just staring into his eyes lovingly. 
That's um, outstanding. I have to, I, as soon as this is over, I'm going to <laughs> look that up on YouTube. That's fantastic. It's one of my favorite things. It made me from like, oh, Fiona Apple, the one on the radio. That's cool. To being like a genuine fan of hers. Um, very, very good. That's wonderful. All right. Question three. Steak, chicken, or fish? Oh, boy. Um, yeah. I think I, I think I have to go. F- uh, okay. I'm going to give an answer, but there's a qualifier here. So Okay. A qualifier? Is that right? No. Um, so I'm going to say fish. But the thing is, is the, there's nothing better than the best seafood. If you get good mm. seafood, if you get uh, Alaskan king crab, if you get, like, super nice, like, fatty toro or, like, nice sushi – there is or good scallops. There's nothing better than good good fish. Uh, conversely, there's nothing worse than bad seafood. So there's such a pendulous swing that seafood has, that fish has. But I think when it's when it's tops, it's tops, baby. Uh, cute cut to me flipping a nickel to a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> Hang in there, fish. Um, so, it's a trout in a newsies cap. So I think steak is more consistent. Um, and to me, like if prime rib is ever on a menu, I'm ordering prime rib. Like prime rib mm. is like my favorite thing to, to eat. Um, but there's nothing better than, than like good seafood or good sushi. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go fish. I hard to argue any of that. I think you nailed it. And chicken's fine. I mean, chicken is chicken's great. I love chicken, but it's not, I'm never, I don't crave chicken. And if it's on a menu at a restaurant, I almost never order it unless it's like a very unique um, sort of take on the dish or something. Chicken's best quality is spitting out those dang eggs that are just Mm -hmm. so darn good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I call them breakfast pellets. Of course, of course, uh, as uh, as we all do. Uh, Question number four. Best gift you've ever gotten? Best gift I've ever gotten. Um, I think this would have to be for Christmas. I think three years ago, um, my girlfriend at the time, now fiance, uh, she created, um, I woke up Christmas morning and she had created me my own escape room and I'm, I'm obsessed with escape rooms. So she had basically turned my living room into an escape room and there's stuff hidden all over and I had to solve puzzles and she was giving me hints and and stuff like that. So that was like the the best gift I've ever received, just in terms of like how the, the time and energy that went into that, and how thoughtful she was to do that. Yeah. Um, and then all, I will say also recently I got a gift from my friend Kelly, who got me a Beetlejuice tiki mug, which is that's up there in mm-hmm. terms of that's the colliding of two of my favorite things, two of, <laughs> two of my big interests colliding into one statuesque form. So tiki the, drinks and and uh, the movie Michael Keaton and Michael oh, Keaton. Oh, okay. yeah. I mean, Beetlejuice <laughs> is my favorite movie, but Michael Keaton is is a superb actor. So I did not know that, but literally the notebook I use for every episode of this is uh, the handbook for the recently deceased that I got from. Um, the musical version of that on Broadway. That is awesome. Did you like the musical? I liked it a lot. I went in with low expectations because same. I was like, eh, musical version of this. Yeah. Eh. I had the same thing and where I'm like, I don't want to watch it because I, I'm obsessed with the movie. It's my favorite thing. Mm. And if it's if this musical is bad, I'm going to be devastated. But then I saw tickets were like 20 bucks, and I was like, eh, I'll go check it out. And because my expectations were so low, I was like dancing in the aisles just like, this is, <laughs> this is so fun. Yeah, I, I I think I'm kind of in the same boat. I went in like half dragged to it, like, mm-hmm. all right, sure, it's just a free weekend, I'll go, and then ended up really, really enjoying it. That's wonderful. Are you in New York? Where are you at? I am in New Jersey. Ooh. So just a, a hop, skip, and a ferry away. The Paris uh, of the East. 
That's what that's I will choose to accept that that is what they call New Jersey because <laughs> they say a lot of other things about us here. Have to kiss your kiss your uh, your um, sweetie uh, right next to that Jersey Tower. <laughs> Everyone's favorite uh, n- Newark Stadium. <laughs> uh, question number five. Best gift you've ever given. Best gift I've ever given. Given a little flip of the um, script there. Who boy, this is this is tough. Just in terms of thinking, I feel like I'm a I'm a very good gift giver. I will. Okay, I, I think the best one I've ever given was very recent, which was last year. Last June was my mom's sixtieth uh, birthday, and Ooh. she famously has not traveled much in her entire life, and she's always like, ah, you know, I wish I traveled more. So for her sixtieth, I flew her first class to Boston because. She's always wanted to go to Boston. We have relatives who were hung as witches in Salem and stuff. So oh, wow. so Boston has like a lot of, and she's very big into like genealogy. So Boston mm. has a lot of um, emotional attachment for her and she's never been and she had kind of resigned herself to, to never going. Uh, so I surprised her and flew her out. Um, we spent about five or six days there and it was uh, absolutely wonderful. We went with, yeah, my mom, my fiance and her mom. So the four of us just rented a, a house and, uh, and had a blast. What a son. Look at you. That's my favorite Soundgarden song, by the way. <laughs> what a son. <laughs> First class plane. <laughs> going to Boston. I sound... I like that I made Chris Cornell like a Sinatra-esque crooner. <laughs> black hole son. Hey. He's on a black yeah. and white stage in a cigar-filled room. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, question number six. What did you want to do for a living when you were a kid? Uh, when I was a kid, so I I bounced around in terms of I was born in Galesburg, Illinois, moved to Peoria, moved to Las Vegas, uh, moved to mm. Ohio. So my, my family kind of uh, carted me around for a bit. Um, so I lived in like eight different houses in like 10 years or something. But wow. when I was living in Columbus, Ohio, or Reynoldsburg to be more exact, right outside Columbus, I was maybe eight or nine, nine or ten, somewhere in there. And mm-hmm. I was obsessed with Jack Hanna because he was the the um, the sort of curator of the Columbus Zoo, which was uh, regarded as like oh. the best zoo in the country at the time. I don't yeah. know if it still is. Maybe San Diego's number one. Um, but we would go see him do like presentations with different animals and stuff. And I read his biography as one of the first books I ever read. And I just remember being like, I am going to be a zoologist when I grow up. I'm going to work at a zoo. I'm going to hold eagles and, you know, play with penguins and (laughs) (laughs) slide down draft necks like a fireman's pole. Um, (laughs) So I growing up, I was absolutely um, head over heels for animals, anything to do with animals. So when birthdays, Christmas came around, my parents would just just dump animal books and toys and everything uh, at my feet. And that was that was uh, what made me happy. Very interesting. Okay. Well, maybe related to this question then. Okay. Number seven. What's the largest animal you can beat in a fight? <laughs> wow, that's great. And these are these were pre-written? All of these uh, were labor-inducingly... That's not a good word. That's like a pregnancy thing. <laughs> All these were uh, laboriously planned out. Um, question six. Yes. Push, push. <laughs> I love a question. A question so good it induces labor. That's that should be the tagline for your podcast, or at least make that a shirt. Uh, <laughs> I could definitely do that. Uh, that's fantastic. The secret question it induces labor. Um, 
So, yeah, I just I thought it was funny because I'm like, did you just ask that? Did you just make that up because I said I loved animals so much? And you're like, yeah, which one could you beat up? Um, <laughs> so a real a real cruel interview. <laughs> Everything you love. Let's see how you can beat them up. So here's my answer. And it comes with a slight caveat. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, one, I would never harm an animal unless I was in danger or, or unless uh, uh, somebody was watching. and I had to impress them. Um, <laughs> so I would say the largest animal I could beat up. And again, there's a caveat is a whale but it would have to be beached. But I feel like if oh. there's a beached whale, I could just like, I mean, I was going to say whale, but that's a, 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 a pun that I don't want to go to, but I would, I could just beat the shit out of a whale that was beached. <laughs> right. I don't that know. That would be great to see a full Rocky montage yeah. of just humbling a, a, a unconscious whale on the beach. I think that, I think the, the more important question is how long would it take to, to knock out a whale? <laughs> yeah. What kind of, like I'm thinking of it in video game terms. What kind of HP bar yeah. uh, would a, a beached whale have, and, yeah. and how many uh, of those punches tank. are really reducing yeah. it? <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say I would say I'd say a whale. I think I love it. I love it. All right, question number eight. Who's someone you look up to? Um, someone I look up to. Um. Just in terms of because I'm staring at my podcast equipment in my little closet studio here, um, mm-hmm. I will say I'll kind of lump them in together, and I think they're okay with that. I will say I'll look up to the McElroys. Um, I feel yeah. like since I've been in the podcasting community, they've been um, – they're, they're four gentlemen who carry themselves with such humility and, and kindness and um, are so generous with their time. And I, I feel like they just lead a great example in terms of what podcasters should be like. And also just what it's, what you should be like as humans in terms of, I feel like they're very quick to, if they ever say something controversial uh, unknowingly or ever step on toes, they're very quick to backtrack and say like, uh, thanks for pointing that out. We learned, we're going to move on from that, you know? So I feel like yeah. they're, they're just wonderful humans. And um, anytime uh, I've asked anything of them, they've, they've been uh, very generous and very kind. That's fantastic. Yeah, what a great family dynamic they have. I, that's my favorite part of seeing any of their things. Like, oh, there's just their dad just doing everything. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh, it, they, they're they're wonderful folks, really. Absolutely. Uh, question number nine. First album you bought with your own money. Oh boy. Um, I think it was the original. Is this right? It was either Dookie by Green Day. Mm-hmm. Or it was the the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie soundtrack. I believe... The original, so not the Vanilla Ice um, uh, one. Well, the Vanilla Ice one was, was how do I phrase this, uh, was original, but that was part two. But yes, there's, correct. What I mean to say is there's been, I think there's been like five different iterations of Turtle movies, and I'm going back to the very first movies. Um, so oh. the very first movie where the cover of the CD cover, I think, was like, the four of them peeking out from under a manhole cover. Um, but yeah, that's um, maybe that album did have Ninja rap on it. Was that the first one? No, I thought it was the sequel. I think it was a movie, sequel. but I, yeah, I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, but, but this one, this album, the the one song I remember putting on repeat um, was turtle power. And the song is like T U R T L E power T U, And it just repeats that <laughs> over and over. And then there's like a bit of a rap, like a very slow rap to it. It was, uh, as a kid, I don't know how old I would have been, but I remember just being like, this is the greatest thing. Music does not get better than this. Like Beethoven can go <laughs> fuck himself. Like 
This is music. <laughs> He's got nothing compared to turtle power. I think I actually screamed, now that's what I call music. And there was two executives walking by my window, and they're like, that's something. <laughs> and they go, hey there, boy, can we use that? And I said, it's free. Take it. And they and ran immediately to a bank. They ran to a bank, and they created Kids Bop. They, we're, we're teaching people today. I'm, I'm so glad. Um, uh, what is your go-to karaoke song? Um... My, okay, have you ever played karaoke roulette? No. So there's, uh, my friends and I do a thing called karaoke roulette sometimes where we go to a karaoke place where you run out the, the whole room and you're not in front of mm-hmm. uh, unknowns, right? You're, you're The in, best you're, kind, I would exactly. say. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Where it's always like a front for something weird. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. So that place, <laughs> any place with that many fl- uh, fluorescent lights yeah. cannot be doing legal things. I actually, there's no way. <laughs> I was actually at one of those um, for an anniversary party for one of my improv teams, Revolver, and uh, halfway through our, our like session, our three-hour session, the cops raided it, and we got kicked oh out, God. and they wouldn't say what was going on, but they're just like, you don't want to be here, and we're like, okay. Um, <laughs> and then you just heard the cops singing Sweet Caroline as loud as they possibly could. Yeah, bad boys, bad boys. Um, <laughs> that's Neil Diamond, right? Um, so, so karaoke roulette is where you you pick for someone else what they're going to sing. So you basically, someone's up next. You have basically a batting order, and then uh, each mm. the person who just want picks the song for the following person. So you don't know what you're going to sing. So that's always fun. But what happened was one time somebody did karaoke roulette to me and put in Michelle Branch's Everywhere. And since that oh. moment, Michelle Branch's Everywhere is, is a go-to. I also enjoy, <laughs> there's something really funny about singing uh, Tarzan Boy by Baltimore. Because it's not so much a song as it is just belting the Tarzan. <laughs> no, do you have you do that song? Oh, that's the one. Oh, And then it goes oh. like Jungle Night. Do, 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 do. But it's so it's it's like the worst song, but it's so funny to sing it or make someone else sing it because they just have to they have to put such a strain on their voice box. Um, they are waking up sore tomorrow. Yeah. So I'd say either one of those, or if three people are doing uh, TLC's Waterfall, I will absolutely jump in every time to, to nail that um, that left eye rap. Oh, yeah. The, the I Seen a Rainbow Yesterday. That's. I legitimately thought that song was about a person named Jason Waterfalls for <laughs> years. That Truly is Truly years. That is one of the best. I've read so many BuzzFeed or whatever about like, <laughs> here's what people thought those lyrics were. And I'm always like, wah, wah. But this is an actual great one. Uh, That's Jason Waterfalls. thousand percent legitimate. Yeah. Don't and, go, Jason. <laughs> they didn't want him to leave. Yeah. And that's a that's a Matt Damon action movie if I've ever heard one. <laughs> It's going to be straight to uh, <laughs> Quibi or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is the last song that you listened to? Last song I li- Oh, uh, so my fiance just bought, um, I'll just call, I'm going to call her Gemma from now on, just because we, okay. we recently got engaged and it, it sounds very weird to keep saying fiance. It sounds like I'm trying to prove something and I'm not. So I'm just going to start calling her Gemma because that seems way more natural. Um, so, I hope that's her name. It is. Uh, if you're choosing to call her that. Okay. Nope. Her name's Glenn, uh, but she's my precious little Gemma. Um, she just bought, for Nintendo Switch, she just bought a game called Just Dance. Um, yes. Which I've, I've never played before, but we just, like, minutes before, I was actually, like, um, trying to catch my breath when I popped on here with you. 
Um, minutes before I got on, I played the, for the first time and I danced to the song Bangarang by Skrillex. So that's oh. the last song that I heard. I like it. I like it. That is a... And the dance uh, was hard. It's good, oh, I'm good sure. cardio. <laughs> uh, what is a band or a musical artist that you want to hear more from? Um, One of my... I, I think my favorite... It kind of fluctuates, but I think my favorite album of all time um, is Aeroplane Over the Sea by Neutral Milk Hotel. That's uh, tough on a beat. Yeah. So I would love to hear more music from them. It's not gonna come um yeah but but that, that's a band where i'm like i i wish to god they would reunite and make some more make some more music yeah your, your lips you know i would I, love it yeah i saw them on their they did a reunion tour a few years ago and i saw that and it was oh. mind-blowing because i was i had resigned myself to being like this is like the smiths i'll, I'll they'll never <laughs> be together again and then for, for some reason they came together and played um and it was amazing but but i it doesn't sound like there there is any music coming soon that is, yeah. Uh, all right, question 13. What is a song that brings the most emotion out of you? Uh, I think, hmm. You know, I'm going to get made fun of, but I, I don't really care. Like, when it comes to music, I don't care because I'll listen to anything. Like, even, like, I grew up, um, like, my very first concert was Garth Brooks. <laughs> And, wow. and people like make fun of me and i'm like i don't know like he's got some great songs um achy so, breaky heart was setting the world on fire man yeah so I, I i've never whenever someone asked me for like my guilty pleasure or like you know what's the song you listen to alone i i'm like i don't really care i'll listen to whatever um hmm. but i feel like uh the song that's makes me the most emotional there's two songs one would be um the scientist by coldplay that is yes for some reason when that song first came out i just remember like stop like listening to the i bought the album and i was remember listening to it on like i'm sure a disc band and just like sobbing and being like what is this song this is like the most uh beautiful thing and i uh, to be fair i just gone through a, a breakup and i was studying mm. abroad in, in uh, canterbury england so the the ner the you know emotions were raw um and then the other song i would say so that song maybe not so much anymore because it was maybe tied up with with a previous relationship but currently, yeah. I would say, or maybe for all time, I would say Lover, You Should Have Come Over by Jeff Buckley is one where, that's just, like, haunting. Like, anytime I listen to it, it just gives me goosebumps and make, makes me very emotional. Oh, very cool. There is actually a, um, uh, the, the scientist, the Coldplay song, there is a very interesting Willie Nelson cover of that song. I don't know if you ever heard it. Ooh, I it's haven't, a... but I love Willie Nelson. It's a very interesting take on that song. It, tr it kind of goes for a more emotional thing. I don't know if it's going to hit you the same way, but uh, I will check again, that if out. I could, if I could add anything to the uh, ever-growing list of things you absolutely have to do as soon as this interview ends, yeah. <laughs> it's listen to that song. But yeah, I get made fun of because like we'll go on road trips and my playlists are like Dixie Chicks and then Megadeth, and people are like, "What's your problem?" And I'm like, "I just don't care." <laughs> <laughs> I respect that. I, I'm not trying. Like, I'm not trying to cultivate an image or like cultivate taste. I'm just like I like what I like, and it's all over the fucking place. Yeah. No, I I gotta agree with you there. Uh, all right. Uh, what is your favorite music video? Oh boy, um, man, I hate to keep giving two answers, but I'm gonna give two and try and do it very succinctly. Number mm -hmm. one, blew my mind when I first saw it. Would be <laughs> Jamiroquai's Virtual Insanity. I think I think he's like the forefather of like the OK Go videos and stuff. 
like uh, that oh. that music video was just so interesting in terms of how they use the set and perspective so i mm-hmm. feel like that gave birth to a whole new style of music video so virtual insanity by jamiroquai although i haven't watched it in a while and it's maybe boring uh and then i would say oh boy i can't remember the song but it's fat boy slim and then christopher walken is dancing in it I believe that's it's the what, Weapon of Choice. It is. Yes, yes, yes. Is the name of the song. Yes. And I think he did another one with Sam Rockwell dancing, and both of those are stellar. Oh, that one I have to look up. That sounds great, because that uh, Christopher Walken one is a favorite of just mine. Just so good. It was like someone just had like a million dollar budget and spent 900000 on Christopher Walken, and then just said, <laughs> I don't know, just go. <laughs> it, it's totally it's totally like two guys were, ha- were eating edibles, and they're just like, I don't know, man, like Christopher Walken flying and dancing and someone's like yes <laughs> a one page script with just that <laughs> sentence on it okay uh you've got a million dollars you have to donate it all to charity what charity is it going to immediately i my brain tells me to say uh a, a bare naked ladies um uh fund to help them out during this rough time um mm. because if i had a million dollars it should go to them uh <laughs> i would say i i mean i donate to a lot of like chicago food banks and stuff like that so to me anytime i donate money which is as often as i can it's either going to helping the hungry or the homeless or it's going to um artists it's going to any sort of struggling artists or anything to help out um people who perform that's great yeah all right question 16 favorite holiday halloween hands down Ooh. has anyone ever said arbor day <laughs> I have not gotten an Arbor Day. I want to meet someone who's just like nuts about Arbor. Like I want like dresses like a tree and like goes nuts and it's like, you know, got the whole I mean, the whole food, all the all the conifer food, lots of pine needles and nuts. I'm interviewing a squirrel next week, so I'm keeping my fingers crossed on that. Absolutely. Um that's, but I know he also <laughs> loves uh, Memorial Day, so who knows? <laughs> maybe maybe next Arbor Day, I think I'm going to have an Arbor Day party and just go fucking nuts. <laughs> I love that. Uh, just really go all out, like green tinsel across yeah. the walls. And I'm going to call uh, it, just... I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a bit of a slant rhyme, and I'm going to call it, an, uh, well, it's not a slant rhyme, I'm going to make it a rhyme. It's going to be called my Arbor Day Parber. So instead <laughs> of party, it'll be Parber. And people in the know will love it, and people who don't know will hate it. People go, this typo? No. <laughs> no. Not even close. <laughs> and, of course, we carve up a tree. <laughs> you want some more gravy for your tree, then? <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, the, the mascot for Arbor Day is Shrek, because he lives in the swamp. <laughs> what are you doing in his swamp? Yeah. And uh, the day after uh, Arbor Day, you make waffles in the morning. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We're creating a whole holiday lore here <laughs> that I, I am a big fan of. Uh, all right. What is your go-to drink when you walk into a coffee shop? Um, I feel like I'm typically ordering just a hot coffee. Um, either depending on how early it is. If it's very early, I usually get cream and sugar. If it's past 10 o'clock, I'll usually just get it black. Um, mm. So typically just coffee. If they have the, oh boy, bulletproof coffee, I'll get one of those just because that makes me feel invincible. Um, or if they have something wild. I'm very, very, very into trying something wild. 
So I've been to coffee shop in Chicago where I'm at. There'll be a coffee shop where they're like, we have a lavender matcha rose water latte. And I'm like, that's what I want. And it might be <laughs> sometimes it's like real bad, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very much like I, I never want to be stuck in routine or I never want to like be like, this is what I want every time. So I'm always in search of like something weird and wild. Yeah, especially if some place is like, oh, we're known for blank. Yeah. Like, give me the blank. Absolutely. uh, (laughs) That's your new shirt. Give me the blank. (laughs) A police officer coming up to me. Sir, just give me the blank. That could also be like Con Air Mad Libs when Nicolas Cage is, I think, yelling at someone. He's like, give me the bunny. It's perfect. I want more Nicolas Cage in my life. I want more more Con Air Mad Libs. (laughs) <laughs> that also sounds like a character name. My name is Connor Madlibs. <laughs> it's like the person is struggling to find their name. Yeah. Uh, make one up in the spot. <laughs> My name is looks over to DVD Connor. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's like the hero. Like uh, Christmas has Santa. Um, Valentine's has Cupid. Easter has Easter Bunny. Maybe Arbor Day has Connor Madlibs. Connor Madlibs. Yeah. <laughs> I think... And he will straight up assault you yeah. if you don't have his holiday correct. <laughs> yeah, he's like, hey, Arbor Day, you got to fuck a tree. <laughs> fuck a tree or get out. Again? <laughs> <laughs> All right, question number 18. Uh, real quick, I'm so sorry about this interview. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> to, to, to you, to the everyone. listeners, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. Uh, spell the word gray okay if it's on its own i'm spelling it all the way g-r-a-y if it's part mm. of something else if it's like greyhound or gray goose i'm putting the e in there baby oh, one of those e hounds okay yeah. but if it's on its own it's an a all the way gotcha a man of principle i see mm-hmm. uh what is your prized possession oh boy my prized possession um, I mean, I might have to say my, my kippies, my cats, uh, fries and brisket would be the, you know, it's good cat names. I, I mean, possession is a strong term. Um, but <laughs> I guess I own them, uh, <laughs> in the eyes of, uh, the, the law at the very least. Yeah, uh, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, yeah, I think my, I think my cats in terms of like a memento or item, I don't know. I have way too much stuff. I have so much junk. Um, that I think I'm I'm not ambivalent, but I, I'm not super attached to anything just because I have so much stuff. And a lot I've lived in like four different apartments that have had water damage and I've lost mm. like tons and tons of stuff I love. But I think yeah. I've built up a bit of a calloused um a calloused skin just to to be able to not be too attached to anything. Yeah. That's fair. Hey, it gets real, you know? Mm-hmm. That's how it goes. Or I guess if I'm being super honest, my phone. <laughs> I, can't, I mean, yeah. that would be the most devastating loss besides anything with a heartbeat. It's <laughs> very true. The thing you use probably most often and is always at a pocket's length away. Yep. Like, yeah. All right. Question 20. Are you competitive? Absolutely not. I'm anti-competitive. Um, <laughs> growing up, my friends would always be like, let's play Street Fighter or something. And I was always like, let's play Contra or let's play... Let's play that four-person Ninja Turtles arcade game. Like, I never, <laughs> uh, ever, ever wanted to play against someone. And I, and I played sports and stuff, but I just never, I don't have that, um, 
I'm very my favorite basketball player, and this is kind of apropos, is David Robinson, the Admiral. And he okay. famously he was on the dream team and everything, and he famously was called out by Michael Jordan and all these other players as not having his heart into it, where they're like, he's he's more passionate about music and the saxophone than he is basketball. And it was true, but he just didn't have that competitive edge. Um, mm. but I'm very much the same way where I'm like, I can, I can sometimes excel at stuff, but I'm never, never competitive about it. Very nice. I also just like the idea of a saxophoning basketball man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should check out some 1992, uh, Fleer David Robinson cards. I'm in. <laughs> I'm on board, baby. Um, do you consider golf a sport? No. I gotta agree with you. Yeah, just, uh, just anything, anything that's like, and I'm sure there's others out there, but anything that's like a world mostly dominated or mostly visible as elderly, wealthy white men, <laughs> it's not a fucking sport. Yeah. If Trump can do it right now, it's not a sport. It can't possibly, can't possibly be a sport. By definition. Yeah. I, I, I think that might be my new go-to bar. <laughs> if he can do it, it is certainly not a sport. Yep. Uh, have you ever played any sports? I think we got a, a semi answer there. Yeah. Um, I played in high school. I did track and field. I did, Ooh. uh, football and basketball. And then I played one year of college basketball in England. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Do they have like wacky terms for <laughs> basketball? Yeah. They, phrasings? Yeah. They call the basketball a dribble, a dribbly. Uh, <laughs> they call, uh, a net, a hop and pop. Um, the backboard is the slammy jams. Um, the referee is the, is the zebra man. Um, what else? Yeah. <laughs> Gotta set you up with a softball on that, but yes, I love it. Uh, the court's called, uh, the wood mat. Um, the timber plate. I'm so, I got nothing. Uh, uh, 23 favorite sport to watch. Favorite sport to watch? I think I'm gonna have to say I think football. Um, I, the worst is baseball. I think baseball is just deathly slow. And I've been to several Cubs games and stuff, and it's fun, but it's mostly just like a it's uh, Cubs. Really feels just like a big bar. Like you're not mm. you're not really watching the game. Um, but I feel like football. There's a lot of starts and stops, unlike hockey and basketball. But when a when a play is made, a play is made. Like, um, you know, somebody breaks open or, or get touchdown or whatever, like that's, that's, um, everybody goes nuts. Uh, hockey is similar yeah. with like a goal, but basketball, you score so often, baseball is scored pretty often, but I feel like, yeah, football, football's the most exciting for sure. Yeah. Agreed. Question 24. Theme parks? Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, oh, I want to, sorry to backtrack slightly. I want to say, I think football, I think I'm just thinking of this now i'm just discovering my own opinion oh i think yeah. because there's like so much time in between plays there's so much tension built and then when when the play starts that tension is broken and you're just like you can't wait to see what happens so i think that's that's maybe what's tricking my brain into enjoying football so much um theme parks yes i we just went to Gemma and i just went to uh the wizarding world of harry potter at universal a few months ago uh, yes. and that was our most recent vacation and was uh, more enjoyable than I could have ever possibly imagined. And I also went somewhat recently to Copenhagen and I went to, I think it's oh. called like Tivoli gardens or something, but it's the, it's one of the world's oldest theme parks or amusement parks. It was made in like the late 1800s and it's what Disney went to. And then it was inspired to make Disney world. 
or Disneyland. Oh, wow. Um, so that place was also very, very magical. So I'm all about it. I hate roller coasters. The roller co- I will not go on a roller coaster. I absolutely hate I roller coasters. I despise roller coasters. Wow. Um, but everything else I love. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Uh, question number 25, dubbed the Ron Bennington, after famous radio personality, Ron Bennington. Huh. You're standing in a wrestling ring, and a wave of nine-year-olds, random mix of boys and girls, are coming down to the ring to fight you. How many of those nine-year-olds could you beat in one fight? And how, you said there's a hundred? Uh, there is, uh, that's, that's the question. There is X amount oh, coming X amount. down to the ring. Yeah. How many oh, could see. you beat where X plus one you would lose? How, do we know how, what the spacing is in terms of how often they come out? They're coming at you in one wave. <laughs> uh, um, so it is, it is not like a, a, a Royal Rumble style, to, to put it in wrestling terms, where they yeah. come out every 90 seconds or anything like that. This is one solid wave of nine-year-olds. And <laughs> what is the amount that you could take in one Solid, stone-cold Steve Austin level great, beating. Great, 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 great. Yes, and, and I would be holding two beers the whole time and constantly smashing correct, them correct. together to drink and rub, rub that in their little underage faces. When you say yes. when you say take, do you mean knockout? Do you mean, like, kill? Like... I, will, I will call a knockout a victory. Okay, so I, I, I'm never going to fight a kid, so let's make them uh, whales, land whales that are the size <laughs> of nine-year-olds, size and strength yes. and intelligence. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't have my glasses on. Yes, that is how it's originally uh, written here. Because otherwise, yeah. anyone could take this clip, and I'd be ruined. Um, <laughs> it's just me being like, "Yeah, I could kill twenty kids." <laughs> um, they're like, "This man's a sociopath," and then the police check immediately my, on Drudge Report. The, the police like immediately grab my phone and check my Spotify, and they're like, "Dixie chicks into Megadeth." Put this guy in the Lock chair. This guy up. Um, and yeah, I just have a note that says Arbor Day question mark. <laughs> dot 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 Connor Madlibs. Um I would say I'm 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 not overly athletic or like huge, but I'm mm. I mean I've I've done a fair amount of weightlifting in my day and I have like in my high school I have some weightlifting records and I, I have a mm. I have a broad build even though I've gained a lot of weight. I feel confident I could put away I'd say twenty. Okay. I feel confident because even even if I had to change tactics and like tickle, I feel like I could tickle, get them on the mat, and then like choke those whales out. It works. It, yeah. it, 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 I think it's a viable strategy. And I have I a like pretty it. high tolerance for pain, so even if they were like hit, smacking me back with their little fins, I, I feel like I could <laughs> I could stay upright for a bit. I like it. I like it. You could toss some krill to the side and distract them. Oh yeah, like there there's a lot of uh, strategy here. I'd probably pick up one of them by the feet and use it as use it as a bat. <laughs> that would be fun, <laughs> just to swing one tiny yeah. whale into like nine others. Do it like an Olympic hammer toss, like just spin <laughs> in place, just like that old Apple commercial. <laughs> uh, question twenty six: What is a game you know you can win? A game I know I can win. Um, I feel very confident. I I love board games. I play a lot of board games. I fairly, I feel fairly confident I can win. I'm, I'm very good at Seven Wonders, which is one of my favorite board games. I feel like I've maybe played that twenty sometimes, and I've only lost once. Um, wow! So I feel like that's a game for whatever reason I, I, I have down pat. Um, but again, I'm not very competitive, so I don't. 
I'm, I'm never like itching to do that. Um, yeah, I'd say yeah, Seven Wonders. Seven Wonders. Okay. Uh, what is a topic you can discuss the most? Oh boy. Uh, I'm gonna say travel, travel or food, and those those two kind of uh are are go hand in hand. A little bit of a Venn diagram situation there. Uh, what is the favorite place you visited? A favorite place I visited. My favorite place in the U.S. is New Orleans. Um, so anytime I can, I usually mm. go there twice a year, and that's that's uh, my favorite place. And then internationally, I last year I went to Oslo, Norway, and that blew my mind. Uh, and like I said, I'd been to, to Copenhagen, and um, yeah. I've also been to Stockholm. So that little area of Scandinavia, for whatever reason, just really does it for me. Um, wow, and yeah. so I, I love, love, love anytime I can make my way over there. And, and um, it, it, it all feels like a fairy tale to me. Like all those, uh, those three countries just feel like very fairy tale esque. So cool. I think that's where most of the fairy tales were invented. So I think that would kind of make yeah, sense. Yeah, I went to, there's a, a place in Denmark called uh, Odense, which is where Hans Christian Andersen was born. And I went there, and the village wow. is literally like the opening to Beauty and the Beast, like the poor provincial <laughs> town. And it's like there's yeah. there's a baker and there's a you know a guy like you know kissing his horse and it's just like <laughs> it's from I don't know 1500s or something but it's it you feel like you're on the set of a movie and you're like this isn't real because you're like I don't know in in the U S it's like fucking what's the oldest thing Liberty Bell or something like <laughs> some, yeah, some some town in some Vermont lake. or something yeah. I guess I don't know <laughs> some fucking lake that's old fuck you um so yeah I feel like just that uh, that history and that um that culture is so fascinating to me sounds amazing yeah uh question 29 what's your catchphrase my catchphrase i feel like my in my podcast i do i have a lot of little catchphrases but i feel like in real life and maybe this is one that's bled into both podcasts to some degree um the thing i say most in life to other people is does that make sense and it's usually meant as like a bit of a Mm. it's usually meant as like a bit of a wink fuck you where I'll be like, "Oh, uh, you smell like shit." Does that make sense? Like, it, it's usually, it's usually preceded by something um, rude. Or if someone, if some, if I'm like, "Hey, let's get in the car," and somebody says, "Like, are we getting in the car?" I'll be like, "What did I just say?" And they'll be like, "Get in the car." And I'm like, "Does that make sense?" So it's usually, <laughs> it's usually me slipping into like a playful prick mode. I like that. It kind of puts the onus on them, yeah, to be like, <laughs> "Oh, oh, you're not getting this." Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> Are you my there mental you equivalent? Go. No? <laughs> All right. Question 30. What's the best costume or cosplay you've ever worn? Um, my favorite cosplay is probably one year I went as um, Abraham Lincoln, um, which was <laughs> me dressed as Abraham Lincoln with the beard and the hat and the suit and everything. And then I was um, handing out. So I would try and like connect with people. And then when they were just like, oh, you're Lincoln, I would hand them a card that says like, let's stay in touch. And here's my LinkedIn stuff. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Abraham Lincoln was like the, the one I was most proud of. That's spectacular. Yes, that you should be proud of that. <laughs> uh, also, you... when I did that, I was oh. I was at a party and I kept taking shots and then would scream. These shots are going to my head. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm sad to say I pulled that bit three times cause more people kept coming. 
So I'm, I'm, uh, when it, you got gold, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it got like a, it got an ovation every time, but part of me died because I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. All right. Uh, have you ever had anything named after you? Not to my knowledge. I know there's maybe, hmm, there's maybe some breweries who made like a chunt beer uh and chunt is, oh. is a character i play on, on one of my podcasts um and also recently there was uh so the character i play is chunt who's a shapeshifter but he's almost always 99 percent of the time he's a badger and recently maybe a month ago um archaeologists or whoever whoever does bones who does bones um them bone them bone, them bone folks them bone crews um they found a <laughs> dinosaur or like an ancient creature not ancient but an old creature who uh resemble the badger it's like the forefather of like badgers or something and they named the 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 sort of latin name for it was like adel adelkiss something whatever and i'm like that's weird and i tried to find out what adal meant in latin and i couldn't find it so i'm curious if like because there's been I'm always kind of a fan on the inside. Yeah, I'm always surprised by the the reach of uh, Magic Tavern, where it's like someone somewhere will work at some company. Like we had a, a fan at like Industrial Light and Magic, who's you know. So it's always surprising of like, oh shit, there's people who work in these sectors I never thought would listen to our show. So maybe oh, some wow. scientist named that after me, but I can't be certain, <sighs> and I haven't done the research to track it down or to figure out if that means something else. So it's spelled the same way as my name, A D A L. Um, which is Arabic, but my but my father did not. Um, my father kind of Americanized it because I think the Arabic spelling maybe has some e's in there. Um, hmm. But we didn't. We didn't. It, Americans would pronounce that Adele, and we didn't want that. So um, yeah, I'm not sure. So the the answer is possibly. So I'm going to put a definitive on that. I want to say definitively yes. Mm -hmm. You are now the. Uh, uh, official name of this uh, badger species and, I, and of course I like it. of course next year we will have uh Adorfi presents arbor day featuring <laughs> connor madlibs <laughs> i gotta see that poster oh anyone listening <laughs> to this just crank up photoshop right now please um what is a hobby that you've dedicated the most time to hobby i've dedicated the most time to um I don't, I would say maybe like eating in terms of like, again, I'm, I, I hate to say foodie cause that has such a stigma with it, but I'm such a, a fan of uh, restaurants and food that I feel like I typically make whenever I go to a city or even here in Chicago, I'll just make like a master list of like, here's every restaurant I've heard or read about that's supposed to be great. Here's what I'm supposed to order there. And I'll just kind of like check out. That's like my checklist for the next rest of my life. Yeah. So I feel like that's like a <laughs> hobby for me is like going out getting the you know the best dish at the best restaurants and that's that's become sort of a, a, a hobby for me as an adult that's great yeah all right question 33 who's a celebrity you've had a crush on um celebrity i've had a crush on is chris uh i always mess up her name uh kristen miliotti she was in um she's most known for she won a tony in the broadway production of once in like 2012 or 13 um as the, as the lead I saw once where do i so steve casey oh she was the lead yeah steve casey oh. was like man and she was woman i don't think they have names yes in the play but she won Correct. a tony for yeah. that performance and then she's also most notably in 30 rock um playing like a ditzy blonde 
um for an episode or two but at first it, oh she's the writer who's like in this witness protection program or whatever yeah and she's uh and she's in fargo season three two or three um but she to me i i just i feel like she's so talented and so um so lovely that she, i just immediately the first time i saw her was like gag 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 oh <laughs> you turned into a cartoon wolf uh-huh. immediately uh question 34 what's the strangest job you've ever had uh, I haven't really had any strange job. I think the strangest job is what I currently have, which is for the last three years, I've, I've taught improv at the University of Illinois at Chicago. And that I've, I've taught improv at IO Chicago for, I don't know, eight or nine years or something for, for some time now. But then, yeah, wow. like three years ago, I started teaching at, the, um, at this university and they were like, we don't have an improv curriculum for a theater department. Would you create it and teach it? And I was like, yeah. So I created the curriculum and I teach it and it just, it just feels very surreal where every time I show up for class, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm in college and I'm the teacher. And I'm, I always have to like, I, I first, for some reason, and this is not hyperbolic, every time I go to class, I get like a pang of shit. What was I, did I miss something? Was I supposed to do something? Was I supposed to study? <laughs> like I slip into student mentality for just being on a college campus and then I and then wow. I remember I'm the teacher, and then I'm like, oh yeah, let's just do whatever. And it's so fun <laughs> and so I, I I I hate to say this, but it's like so easy. <laughs> <laughs> but but in a good way. Like the the students love the course, but it's just so it just feels so easy and it just feels like I'm getting away with something where I'm like, I'm getting paid to just like create my own curriculum and then teach it. And like these these theater kids who are so like into it and passionate and just like yes, this is fun. And like, we've never done something like this. We let's play pretend as adults. Um, so that's, that's the strangest job just in terms of like how I, I constantly panic and, and think that I'm, you know, didn't study or something. That's so cool. That's so interesting that you have this like Pavlovian response to just being on a yeah. college campus. And then you remember like, Oh, my word is law. I can just say yeah. and do anything. And it never, they'll it never assume it's improv. Yeah, it never fails to like, ping my brain oh shit like class and then i'm like wait i'm the teacher <laughs> that's amazing wow okay i think that definitely counts by the way <laughs> for strangest job that is, oh, good, is good, spectacular good. um what is a book that you would recommend the world to read i would say um it's one of my favorite books it's not the favorite book but i feel like this would have the most impact if everyone read it there's a mm. book called The Humans by Matt Haig, H-A-I-G, Matt Haig, The Humans. Uh, and it is such a hilarious, beautiful, dark, fucked up, um, amazing story. Um, I'm not going to give too much away, but it's about like aliens studying humans and finding such joy and despair in how we act. Mm. Um, and it ends with this beautiful list. Um, it's, it's basically, it's a, it's fiction. It's basically <laughs> not that I had to say that. <laughs> I don't know why I'm such a fucking idiot. It's, it's, it's not real. It's not a real, it's not a documented, uh, journal Wait, from an alien. You... Um, hmm. but it, it's so funny. It's, it's laugh out loud funny, but then at the end it ends with this list and I won't say what the list contains, but, uh, I just remember sobbing and I've gone anytime I've had like a hard day or like struggling in life i go back to that list at the end of the book and reading that list like re-energizes me and and i'm not, i wow. i despise religion but it, it like feeds my soul in terms of like just my my energy and my essence but
but not not in a yes. spiritual way because I despise religion. <laughs> as much or as little as uh, yeah. roller coasters? Uh, <laughs> more so, more so. Wow. All right. Number two, roller coasters. Clocking in strong at silver. <laughs> um, a movie that always makes you laugh. Oh, boy. This is hard because I have so many movies I think are funny that I don't always laugh. Oh, okay. I got it. Um, what We Do in the Shadows, I never don't laugh mm. at that movie. And also Wet Hot American Summer. Those two movies never oh, the, fail to make yeah. me laugh out loud. That's Stella Crew. Man, they are just... Um, they crack me up. They oh, yeah. truly do. So talented. Uh, what is the worst movie you've ever seen? Um, I'm going to go with the most recent thing I saw that, that uh, made me disgusted at cinema <laughs> which was i watched dark phoenix three nights ago which oh, is the x-men the uh... newest x-men movie with uh featuring gene gray as phoenix and it was i think what makes a bad movie for me because i will gobble up quote-unquote bad movies and really enjoy <laughs> them for how bad they are but w w for me what makes a bad movie is one when the budget is there and two when the talent is there where it's like you had all the pieces you had all the money Someone just shit the bed, so that to me makes a bad movie. Not uh, uh, most most people consider bad movies. I probably would watch and enjoy, um, but yeah, I feel like Dark Phoenix was just absolutely bad. And the best part of it is the guy from American Horror Story. I forget his name. He plays Quicksilver, um, and he he's the best part of it. And of course, they use him for like thirty seconds in the whole movie. <laughs> it's like nice job, idiots! Wow, dropping the ball there. Real bad. Um. Uh, who is your favorite actor? I would say, I mean, I will never not watch something Tom Hardy is in. Yeah, so I think good. Tom Hardy to me is the most interesting actor. Obviously, I love Daniel Day Lewis, uh, uh, and also Sam Rockwell, and um, Olivia Coleman is is a uh, within the last five years a new favorite. Where I'll go see her and whatever she does. They're all excellent choices. Uh, question 39. How cool was it in Jurassic Park when the raptors were running through the kitchen? <laughs> Pretty fucking cool. It's really the, cool. The <laughs> best part, I, many people may not agree, but the best part is when they tap their toes on the, on the floor. <laughs> oh yeah. There's just that it, moment oh. where it's like tick, 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 tick on the floor. And I'm like, yes, I don't know why, but it's so satisfying for them. To it like... It literally ups the tempo of the whole scene. Yeah. It's, it's, and, and for yeah. me, it's, it's exciting because you can tell this dinosaur as a character is like, what's this? It's like, I, I don't know why I turned into Jack Skellington. <laughs> <laughs> what's this? What's this? There's metal on the floor. Um, what's this? What's this? A raptor opens doors. Um, but I feel like that moment where it clicks on the metal is so exciting because you get the sense of like, oh, they don't, they've never been on metal perhaps. I mean, yeah, they're in some sort of cage, but they've never stood on metal. And so it's, they're kind of finding, literally finding their footing and then are like, yep, I'm acclimated and now let me charge. But then, of course, they do get tricked by metal, which is reflective. And that one, um, that one raptor goes head first into some sort of freezer door. Oh, it's, the, it's so good. When the girl, when he thinks the girl is there. Yeah. I'm assuming the dinosaurs are he. I shouldn't, eh, whatever. <laughs> Fun fact, uh, all dinosaurs are male. Oh, yeah. I guess the movie actually made a point about that. <laughs> Yeah, that's an excellent point. Excellent point. Frog DNA and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, what is the first show as a kid that you got really into? Um, like a TV show? 
Yeah. I think the first show I remember, the first show I remember watching and like enjoying and being like, what the, what's going on? This is TV was, I remember as a kid, my parents being obsessed with Twin Peaks and me, I would not, I wouldn't even sit. Wow. I didn't even sit. I would stand for an hour behind the couch, <laughs> resting my shoulders on the couch and watch, yeah. and watch Twin Peaks with them. And they would sometimes, there'd be moments where they'd be like uh do you want to go grab a soda bud or like they try and <laughs> i was gonna say there were yeah. some seasons in that show yeah they're uh, very on pg they were uh, um uh even though my dad's palestinian and he you know he moved here when he was like 18 they were very much like polite midwestern parents so yeah they would just be like want to grab a pop um and then the the first the first show i remember is on my own discovering and really enjoying was darkwing duck and i remember just being absolutely mm. um obsessed with that Darkwing Duck was always like a uh, a hidden treasure for me because I didn't have Disney Channel. Ooh. And around my part, it didn't air. So it was always like a little treat. Anytime we were on vacation and like the hotel room had it. Yeah. And it would be like, oh, what are these adventures he's going on? I feel, Look at this. I feel like I used to watch it on ABC. So I feel like maybe it got, maybe got moved to Disney later. But at some point, when I mean, when I was growing up, it was, I think it was on ABC, I, I believe. I could just be a big dumb child and not know what channel it was on. That's very it, possible. You could also be way younger than me. I'm not sure. Oh, uh, that's true. Um, oh, and also mm. In Living Color was something that we would, the whole family would all, always gather around mm. the TV and watch together. What an interesting hodgepodge. Mm-hmm. Like taking those three <laughs> shows and throwing them in a cauldron and then <laughs> Adam Refai pops out. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone goes, uh, kill it. Who? <laughs> uh, should play you in a movie of your life. Um, I feel like Jason Lee should play me. Ooh, that's solid casting. I yeah. could see that. And I don't think he has much else to do right now. So yeah, I like. Jason yeah, he's Lee got, he's got nothing going on. <laughs> Mall Rats Three. I don't know. <laughs> he's praying for that spec script one of these days. Um, who's the biggest celebrity you've ever met in person? And I always preface it with, like, seeing them in a concert, I would say, does not count, but some sort of interaction. Yeah. Uh, the two biggest celebrities I've ever met um, have been Jeff Goldblum, who I got to Ooh. have, like, a I got to have like an eight-minute conversation with him um, that was absolutely wild. And I won't go into it here, but I, I do mention it on uh, Hey Riddle Riddle in one of the episodes. So mm. listen to that if you want to hear the full story. It's absolutely bonkers. Um, and he's he's someone who was, like, everything you wanted where it's like he's oozing charisma and is just like the most weird engaged dude where you're like, I think, I think I love this man. <laughs> um, so him. And then also I had a, I had a brief conversation with Liam Neeson. So I, I think in terms of like, wow. in terms of like wattage, those are the, the two biggest stars I've met. That's excellent. Those are two huge ones. Yeah. Um, okay. Question 43 TV show or podcast that you love but you don't think anyone else knows about. It's not that I don't think anyone else knows about it. It's just that I feel like every single person should be talking about it. And I feel like that's uh, teacher's lounge um, is, oh. is uh, four people playing teachers at a high school and they create this amazing world and these in-depth characters that are absolutely off the wall. And that's the one podcast I listen to without fail and just makes me cry laughing. So teachers, teacher's lounge uh, and then I would also say this isn't a specific podcast, but anything with Lauren Lapkus, you should be listening to. Yeah, she's because um, she is just the funniest fucking person, and I feel like she she should be a household name. I think I can hear her and John Gabris talk 
about oh, anything man. and have uh, for that hours guy, on end. <laughs> that guy is so full of energy. How does he muster up all that energy? I'm going to guess marijuana, but I honestly yeah. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or marijuana's uh, dirty cousin, cocaine? <laughs> dirty cousin. Um, uh, question uh, 44. Oh, we could have gotten an answer. Favorite comedian? Favorite comedian? I feel like right now it's probably, uh, I, and I, I'm going to butcher this, uh, Taika, Taika Watiti. I think you're in the ballpark there, yeah. Yeah, I feel like him as an actor and him as a writer and director and everything, I just feel like he's he's a complete package I've been waiting for in terms of, like, comedic um, sensibilities. I, yeah. I, I think he can do no wrong. I'd also say, I mean, growing up, I heavily, heavily influenced by Eddie Murphy. And mm. still, like, anytime I see Eddie Murphy do an interview or something, I get so geeked. Um, <laughs> so he's he's someone who who's, like, one of my idols. Um, but I remember watching Raw and Delirious when I was maybe 11, and that being like just earth shattering in terms of like what we can say this kind of stuff and a lot of it we can't say and he was wrong um, but, but he he's he's been uh you know he's apologized for a lot of stuff and so i don't know for, for the most part he's he's wonderful yeah he seems to be a guy who's uh kind of figured out himself in the limelight yeah uh, if that makes any sense so it's like absolutely yeah what i did 30 years ago might not hold up so much but yeah, yeah. what I did five years ago might, and what yeah. I'm going to do in 10 years probably will better than anything. So absolutely. Yeah. And, and not to, I never want to make excuses or something, but it is wild to think of like, he was a like 18 year old kid on SNL. Yeah. And then at like 20 became the number one Beverly box Hills office Cop, star. Right? Yeah. He was the number one box office draw of the 1980s, all the whole decade as like a 20 year old kid. Insanity. So I'm like, that's that amount of like pressure and quick fame and everything. Clearly you're, you're going to say something or have missteps, but yeah, not to defend him, but just, I mean, I can't imagine at that age being the, the biggest star in the world. Oh, heavens no. Yeah. Um, all right. Question 45. Uh, also maybe the areas we treaded on best Saturday night live cast member. I gotta go with Phil Hartman. Yeah. I think he was, if you watch a lot and they always say like, SNL is funniest. SNL, the f best season of SNL to you are the funniest cast members are the ones you grew up watching when you were in high school. Yep. And Hartman was somebody I watched as, yeah, grade school, high school. Um, but he was like the glue. I felt like he he rarely, if ever, broke. And he would, any role he played, he could have the smallest role and just like make a meal out of it and, and make sure the scene made it to the finish line. I feel like that guy was amazing. Yeah. I, I always respect him more going back and watching those old ones because he can play a complete straight man in those scenes and still oh, yeah. elevate it. Or he yep. can be the number one comedic focus and still elevate it. And, and, and sometimes like how many was, people can do both. And sometimes it, sometimes it was both in the same role. Like maybe my favorite sketch was Kay, frozen. Kay I, Miller, I was, <laughs> yes, where he's yes. playing, he's the lead and he's the, he's the comedic lead, but he's playing it dead straight where he's, <laughs> he's talking like a, like a Yale graduate where he's like, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I'm just a caveman, you know, like, He's talking like a lot of his other characters talked, but he's just in caveman makeup yeah. and he's saying these dumb things. So it's, it, and that's the funniest thing in the world to me, but he didn't, you know, like so many people my age love like Farley where they're like, Farley is the funniest. And I was like, he's just throwing himself around. And I'm like, <laughs> I guess like, and th like that Chevy chase school of pratfall. And I'm like, I yeah. guess that's funny, but like, I don't know. It just, I'm worried about his body. <laughs> like. <laughs> I, I'm sure he broke something. It's like, you know, watching mankind wrestle. I'm like, 
yeah, this is, I guess, entertaining, but also like he's not going to be alive long. Yeah. Um, but I feel like Phil Hartman just uh, absolutely, yeah, was the best. I think, yeah, no debates. Um, 46, what is the nerdiest thing you've ever done? Uh, I feel, I mean, I, I'm currently in a D&D campaign that's been going about three and a half years, and mm. um, and I never really played D&D before. So I feel like that's pretty nerdy. And we, we're currently doing Wednesday and Saturday um, two two sessions oh, a week. Oh, twice a week. Yeah. yeah. And we usually play for about four hours a session. So that's, I mean... That's taking up a huge chunk of my life, a lot of energy, um, but it brings me so much joy, and I, I feel like that's that's pretty nerdy. I mean, I, ner- I think nerdy's become an irrelevant word, yeah. Because it's... I I see so many like D and D is mainstream now, and I feel like I see I'll see like a supermodel on a talk show be like, like I read you know I read uh I read Name of the Wind. I'm such a nerd. It's like <laughs> well that that book sold like 400 million copies. Like <laughs> yeah. what do you? Or people are like, Game, I got a Game of Thrones tattoo. What a nerd. I'm like, that won like 40 Emmys. Like, it was the everyone, biggest show everyone, on HBO. Yeah. So I feel like nerd is just, it, nerd should should be put to rest. Like that term is no longer relevant. Yeah, once uh, Avengers is the top grossing movie of all time or exactly. whatever it is, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. how can you even say like, oh, you don't know Hawkeye? Like, of course you do. Everyone does. My mother yeah. does. <laughs> yeah, Ner- nerdy is, is popular. So, so there, it's no longer a necessary term. I like it. Uh, question 47. Least favorite state. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, can't help but hurt some feelings because I feel like I know people from all 50 states. Um, I think I have to say, just based on my experience driving through it, I got to go with Oklahoma was very oh. bad <laughs> in terms of just like the, the scenery, like whatever route I was on, whatever road I drove through for a few yeah. hours was just just like this this looks like a like a bomb went off like it's just bad <laughs> it's just it's just like grass with like craters basically and nothing it's just a fallout map yeah uh, i'm sure there's beautiful parts but it, whatever part i was in was just i would not buy a postcard uh what is the best thing you've ever won i let's see i was at a 9 inch nails concert once and they had like um they had like these booths set up before you once you enter the gates there's like this outdoor pavilion with all these little stands where it's like you could sign up for t-mobile or whatever it was oh yeah yeah and there's some company shooling their gear swilling shooling what do i want to say i've never heard the term shooling but i'm gonna choose to accept that as the selling their wares (laughs) pushing their wares and um they had some sort of wheel that you could spin and win something and a lot of it was like 10% off car insurance or whatever it was. And there's one tiny sliver that took up 1% of 100% of the wheel. And it had, um, it was a uh, iPod touch. And I was Ooh. there with my girlfriend at the time. And she was like, let's go do this. And I'm like, it's all garbage. And she's like, but let's do it. And I'm like, fine. So I got up there and reluctantly grabbed the wheel and spun it. And it landed on the, iP- on the iPod touch. Uh, and so I was like, hey, that's probably 300 bucks. So that was probably the coolest thing i they actually had one on hand it's not like oh no they got us <laughs> no they had they had like a table with the prizes to entice you over so of course yeah. of course and i think even the people were shocked where they're like oh okay <laughs> like i don't know was it rigged no one's ever spun it reluctantly it before not supposed to do that <laughs> uh question 49 is there anything you collected or have had a collection of 
I used to cr- collect rocks. I was super into rocks and geodes mm. and shells and stuff. Um, I was a massive, which I hinted at with my David Robinson Fleer card <laughs> reference. I was a massive uh, sports card collector up until uh-huh. the age of maybe 14 or so. Um, and yeah, I guess those are the two, the two big ones just in terms of like, yeah, uh, actual collections. Very nice. Okay. Question 50 dubbed the Ryan Davis. You're in a fight. And I promise this is the last fighting question. I'm realizing okay. in the last couple of interviews <laughs> that I have like a Very couple aggressive. relatively back to back, but I promise this is the last one. Uh, you're in a fight to the death mm-hmm. <laughs> with another person Equal to your size. Okay. You're offered either an aluminum baseball bat or a six-inch non-serrated knife, knowing that the other weapon you don't choose goes to your opponent. Which weapon do you choose? Um, I think I'm going to go bat. Um, just mm. in terms of, like, the distance it could help you keep. Yeah. Um, but the danger is the minute you swing a bat, someone can grab it. And that knife is definitely doing way more damage um, to to the other person. So I think I would keep the bat, but I would never swing it. I would never try and make contact. I would purely try and keep distance. And then if he lunged, I might try and bat it away because he can't grab something while uh, lunging, most likely. Um, I assume it's I, – I say he because I assume it's a raptor. Um, correct. So, <laughs> a, a raptor made out of tiny yeah. whales. Um <laughs> And raptors have, uh, they have six-inch serrated knives for, for fingers. Um, uh, that's correct. And teeth. So, yeah, I, th- I think the bat. <laughs> All right. I, I like that strategy. I've, I've, uh, I've placed myself firmly in the camp of knife, but I kind of like that strategy if you're going with the bat. I think also I would, specifically, I would hold both ends of the bat and use it as like a, almost like a bow staff to deflect Ooh. or to, you know. And then if, and then if I ever... You know, if I saw him starting to think about coming towards me, I would put it out at a point and then pull it back to my hands. This is getting very cinematic. I like this a lot. Oh, I, hmm. I'm so sorry. I was just uh, finishing up a sandwich over here, uh, finishing my meal. Well, all of you are enjoying a meal for the ears. I guess that's what this episode is. Also, this music, it's so good, right? Well, this song is from the Mini Vandals, and the song at the opening was done by Diala. The next song you're going to hear is from DJ Williams, and the closing song is from Single Friend. So if you like the meals that they're putting out, give them some clicks. This is all royalty-free. I'm sure they'd appreciate it. And if you like what I'm doing, go to 99QuestionsPod on Twitter or at Gmail. And, uh, you know, keep up my sandwich habit. But for now, let's go back into the show. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line.
segment, <laughs> which I still haven't really named. But the, uh, the fifty I'm, face to face, the fifty face to face. I like the, the fifty feel you out. No, no. that's that has let's, connotations. Let's backtrack. Let's backtrack. <laughs> um, but Adam, you yes. have a multitude of forward-facing projects that are very interesting, very cool, and very different, I would say. And I really, really like the variety there. So let me run down a list, see if I'm, I'm missing anything. Okay. You have Hey Riddle Riddle, which I am a huge fan of. Oh, thank you. Uh, I, I actually drove up to a wedding like three hours away last summer, and that was the only thing I listened to. And the first half an hour, it was like annoying my wedding guest who was in the the, the passenger seat. And then the last two and a half hours, she was like, "No, no, no, wait, don't don't skip that one while you're getting gas. Like I want to hear it." Oh, <laughs> uh, so wonderful. Um, uh, Hello from the Magic Tavern. Uh, mm-hmm. You have uh, did the voiceover for Jackbox Party Pack Gespionage? Am I correct in that? Yeah, I'm the voice and host of Gespionage. I think that's Party Pack 3, maybe? That sounds... I only learned this because last week we had a... Me and my friends had a Zoom Jackbox night, and I went, everyone hold on. I think I know this voice from a podcast. <laughs> it, is, it is so weird. I, I'm, I mean, I'm obviously in contact with like my friends and stuff for the last couple months, mm. but the number one thing people who are like acquaintances or like friends I haven't talked to in a while, the number one thing they reach out to me about is because of the quarantine, Jackbox games have like blown up. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're already wildly popular, but I think it's what everyone's relying on for entertainment now. Um, and so, so many people, probably two or three people a day have been texting me to be like, wait, do you voice Gaspionage? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> It is very, very... It was a very cool discovery, let me say that, for for me last week. Um, But through all of these uh, channels and facets that you do, some very, very um, fun stuff. I heard a story from... I believe it was from Hey Riddle Riddle. Okay. That uh, your uh, fiancé, who uh, is named Gemma, I believe, since she has been named and outed previously Uh on this show, you had a very interesting way of... uh, engaging what's the word <laughs> proposing <laughs> proposing thank you <laughs> you had a good way of engaging in combat with her uh-huh. um can you what what was the mentality behind that uh for for those unaware i believe it was a series of puzzles and riddles that led to an engagement uh-huh. ring yeah so she uh, so Gemma is, is uh, the wonderful person who gave me the best gift i've ever received which was that mm. christmas escape room so i mm-hmm. wanted to do something similar for her we had planned to be in Japan for two weeks in uh, late March, early April. Um, uh-huh. So we're going to uh, Kyoto, Tokyo, Osaka for two weeks. And we rented this very expensive, very beautiful, I think it's called a Ryokin, which is like a beautiful uh, traditional Japanese um, hotel with like private saunas or baths or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it overlooked Mount Fuji. So I was like, boom, you know, bingo, bingo. That's where I'm going to propose. And then everything fell apart. Obviously, we didn't end up yeah. going. But I was like, I don't want to wait until we can travel again. Um, so I was like, well, let me do for her what she did for me. And I made uh, a sort of an escape room in the apartments and had, yes, riddles and, and clues and puzzles and about 35, 40. And each one led to the next. And a lot of them had to do with like places we've been together or dates we've had or things we enjoy together or experience together. 
So there's a thing that led to like our vinyl copy of the Hades Town soundtrack, which we both are obsessed with and have seen several times. And uh, a thing hidden under a Southwest rug we got to, on our trip to Santa Fe. Um, and then it all led to a cryptics, which is the thing in Da Vinci Code, if you don't know, the, the final sort of puzzle in Da Vinci Code. Oh, yeah, the, with the, and, all the numbers and letters. Yeah, uh, so, yes, so yes. that you have to align. Um, yes. So everything culminated in this uh, cryptics, which is very, very heavy and very, um, very mysterious <laughs> and, and seemingly, you know, unbreakable. Um, and, and she goes, there's no clue that led to this or like there's no clue for this. And I go, there are no more clues. It's a it's a there's six letters in the cryptics. You have to spell out um, a word or words. Um, and if you get this, then we're meant to be. And immediately, she did not pause. She immediately looked down and spelled out, my wife. And it that was the correct code. And she opened it, and her ring was inside. <laughs> and then I proposed. Um, and we had previously, we, we'd obviously talked about marriage um, in terms of, like, if that was something we were, we were looking to do. And mm. when we talked about it, we, because we say that to each other all the time, my, you know, <laughs> we love making fun of that. Um she said, I will never marry you unless you propose by saying you're now you're now my wife. Um, so I, I think maybe I don't know if she had forgotten it or whatever, but she she was thrilled about it. But so many people were like, you said my wife. <laughs> like, yeah, you did the like, Borat thing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I, I, it should be fun. I don't want it to be overly serious. Like, we're we're, we're fun, funny people like our, this should reflect that. That is so tremendous. That is just such the the sweetest thing, uh, starring Cameron Diaz. <laughs> um, very very nice. I, I just wanted to get the inside on that story because I, I think I heard it in in bits and pieces on on uh, like I said, hey riddle riddle. But uh, was that going to be the plan if you went to Japan? Were you going to make a giant room of riddles no. in Japan? This I, was no. just completely spurred just by the trip canceling. Absolutely. So I was definitely going to, I was still going to do something funny and do something, um, you know, where it ended with me saying, you know, my wife or whatever it is. (laughs) Um, but it, it was not going to be so involved and obviously was not going to involve all of our possessions. Wow. That is, uh, so great. I I, I absolutely love that story. All right. But enough, enough tomfoolery here. Mm -hmm. Let's roll back into the questions. Uh, 51. What is your phone wallpaper right now? Uh, let me double check. I rarely look at my, because f- I usually pick up my phone when I have a notification and that blocks the screen. Um, mm. So my current wallpaper is me in Agra, uh, India at the Taj Mahal. Um, it's me standing in front of the Taj Mahal right at sunrise and I'm lifting my hands up in, in, uh, in victory <laughs> facing the Taj Mahal. That's so cool. Um, oh, if, and sorry to connect the, the last two moments here. Mm-hmm. My friend, I went to India uh, for an improv gig with my friend Becca, who's wonderful, and she was taking the pictures of me. And right after this picture was taken, maybe 20 seconds after this picture was taken, I said, put on video. And she goes, okay. And then I said, great. Are you filming? And she gave a thumbs up. And I go, um, ask me what I'm doing. And she goes, hey, what are you doing? And I go, I'm just staring at Mahal. And so I did, a, I did another my wife joke. <laughs> But I called it the Taj Mahal, and I, for whatever uh, reason, her and I both were crying, laughing at that. But uh, not sure if it translates. As well, you should. Be. <laughs> uh, Fifty-two. What is the last thing you googled? Last thing I googled, I believe, was um, for Animal Crossing, which Gemma and I are playing a ton of. 
I Googled how to crossbreed flowers to make a purple, some sort of purple flower. I, I was trying to figure out what, what, um, I, I know the colors, but like what formation <laughs> I needed to put them in to create purple. I gotcha. I, I still haven't learned how to crossbreed flowers. I'm still very content just picking my fruits every third day mm-hmm. or something and just living a very nice, peaceful life out on the, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Every, every day I log on and just collect seashells, and that's so, like, relaxing for me. Yeah, I just love fishing in that game, because I guess I can't fish in real life now, so it's yeah. just like, hey, look, another uh, anchovy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so nice. Um, you have to name, uh, question 53, you have to name your next pet without seeing them. What do you name this pet? My two my two cats are fries and brisket, so it has to be something food related. Um, I want to say, I mean, kimchi is a great name. I want to say good. that's like, um, hmm, butterball is pretty good, not great. <laughs> uh, maybe toffee is pretty good. Um, maybe call it like. I love, like I said, I love New Orleans. So, so maybe, and there's a place there called Cafe Du Monde, which uh, serves beignets. So maybe beignet might be a fun, fun. Yeah, I'm going to go with beignet. Beignet is good. And plus you could like shorten it to Ben and people would be like, oh, is that short for something? Absolutely. But yes. (laughs) Every morning I'm going to dump powdered sugar on him. Question 54. What professional wrestler would you compare yourself to? I would say, okay, I would say I'm X-Pac. So Ooh. the, um, that, that, what was that group called? The uh, uh, D-Generation DX. X. Yeah. D-Generation X was my favorite group. I love Shawn Michaels was my favorite wrestler, but mm. there was D-Generation X, which was like Triple H, who's the, like so muscular and huge and so good. And Shawn Michaels, who's so athletic and limber. And uh, the road dog, Jesse James, all these, all these like huge people in China who was like this wonderful, talented, uh, strong woman. Um, and then there's X-Pac, who was just like this dirty little roadie with a bandana. <laughs> so I feel like I'm X-Pac because I'm always just like, wait, what am I doing here? Like, <laughs> I, I'm a wrestler. Um, so I feel like that that's sort of like, I, I, why am I here? Or am I some sort of like novelty? I, I feel like that's uh, that's my personality is just like, wait, what's going on? I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, what is your comfort food on a bad day? Um, oh, boy. I would say, hmm, this is tough because I don't really, I feel like in a bad day, I don't really, I usually am not hungry. Like if I'm upset, mm. I usually don't eat. So comfort food, I mean, hard to go wrong with just i guess burger or something something with car something with carbs for sure just like throw like four pieces of bread on each side of the burger and just call it a day it's also hard because my immediate instinct was to be like what do i cook when i want comfort food but then i'm like well in normal times i would go out and get something like i'd get fast food Mm. so it's hard to in in the current situation think of like outside that box that's fair yeah uh, 56 favorite smell favorite smell is hands down a campfire um i've bought Ooh. i've bought cologne and candles that were campfire scented <laughs> just to because the best thing is like when you hang out with friends around a campfire for a, a whole night or a weekend your clothes soak up all that smell they so for like do. for up until you wash it 
your clothes smell like campfire and that's the best scent in the world to me so i've i've started to search out smells that can replicate that just so i can try and have that uh daily (laughs) (laughs) so many singed pieces of clothing trying to Mm -hmm. replicate that smell i'm a bit of a cinder freak (laughs) i'm a cinder freak cinder freak i'm super smoky yeah, yeah. Uh, 57, best candy. Hmm. It's hard to beat. In terms of straight up the, the, the like, convenience store version, whatchamacallit's going to knock most things out of the park. But hmm. if, you, if you're getting into, like, the minutia of different flavors or, like, international flavors, it's going to be hard to beat Kit Kat just in terms of, like, what they have to offer uh, with, like, 500 different varieties and flavors. Yeah. That green tea Kit Kat is so good. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 58, worst candy. Who I'm, I'm going to say, and here's the thing, I've never had it, but just based on packaging, based on packaging, ingredients, and the name, I'm going to say a zero bar. Uh, I don't even know if I know what a zero bar is. Every time I would go to a gas station as a kid, there'd be one box of candy with no bars missing. It was a complete 36 package box, not even a fingerprint on the dust. <laughs> and they were like a silver and white package with zero spelled out. I don't know if it's like a play on Zorro. I don't know. But it's uh, it's nougat and some other shit. But it was it just looked nasty from the get go. If you see a zero bar, text me a picture. <laughs> Or wow. not text me, tweet me a picture. Take that big zero. <laughs> <laughs> Taking them down a peg. Uh, 59, what's a restaurant that you would recommend? You know, I just had two days ago, Gemma and I got carry out for Millennia, um, which is rated the number one restaurant in the U.S. It's in Chicago. Um, and oh. it's, it's typically in the top 20 in the world. Um Normally, when you go to the restaurant, it's about 325 per person plus drinks and tax and all that. So I've been twice when I've like really saved up and treated myself. I've been twice to Alinea in in the restaurant. But recently we um, got carry out. They're doing like to go during the quarantine. And we got two seven course tasting menus for $45 a person. And it was the food is phenomenal. uh, Huge portions, high quality. And it was like the best bang for my buck I've had in like 10 years. So I would highly recommend uh, Alinea um, r- right now. I think nor- everyone is like, yeah, duh, we know Alinea. But I think right now for the carryout, the, the, the value and the, the price and everything is just uh, insane. That's tremendous. Yeah. Uh, n- number 60. What is a food you've never eaten? I think I can comfortably say I've never had. Uh, I've had I, I've had anchovies. I've never had a sardine, and I'm mm. super adventurous. But for whatever reason, sardines have have escaped my grasp. You're you're not missing much. It's, I assume uh, <laughs> it's just salt. Yeah, it's yeah. just so salty. <laughs> most uh, most of those tin fish are just olive oil and salt. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's like I don't hate it. It's not like I'm repelled from it, like a cartoon character from the fifties. But like it, it just does. It's nothing. It's nothing but salt. Um, 61, strangest food that you have eaten? I've eaten a lot of weird meats. I'd say probably the weirdest have been shark and kangaroo. Shark, oh. kangaroo, rattlesnake. I've had, yeah, I've, had, I've eaten a lot of wild animals. Rattlesnake sounds interesting. Very sweet. Uh, 
Really? Wow. Mm -hmm. I would imagine the only way to serve it is on a kebab, but again, I'm not uh, too worldly. (laughs) (laughs) Just from an aesthetic point. I see. Um, I had it. I had it with a marshmallow in between two graham crackers. Oh, s'more. (laughs) That sucks. (laughs) (laughs) If Drudge Report is going to take any clip from this episode, it's that one. (laughs) Front page. Mimic my voice and say something funny there. (laughs) (laughs) The magic of editing. Um, 62. This might be different now, but what's a typical day off? Typical day off? So I haven't had a nine to five in five or six years. So every day for me is very weird but a typical day off is i usually sleep till like 2 p.m um because i'm up until between 4 a.m and 6 a.m most days so i usually sleep till 2 p.m and then i wake up i spend an hour uh catching up on emails and texts and stuff if i have nothing else like no no real work to do and it's you know like i said a day off or nothing Mm. much to do uh phone and computer for an hour then I'll probably dive into whatever series of uh, TV show I'm watching. Currently, it's Ozark. Um, and then I will, I'll try and, I try and get like an hour of everything in. I try and do like an hour of email and stuff, an hour of um, TV, hour of podcasts, an hour of like writing or, or doing something creative um, for the future, um, an hour of cleaning. So I, I try and break up my free time in, in hours whenever I can. Very nice. Uh... 63, a bucket list item that you have accomplished. Uh, I would say, I mean, having been to, I I don't know exactly what number, but over 10 countries to me is, as you know, when I was younger, I would not have imagined I've had already traveled to 10 countries. So um, being well over that is, I think, to me, an accomplishment that I'm excited about. Yeah, eight more than I have. Um... (laughs) Uh, shout out to Toronto, Canada, for being the only other one. <laughs> the New Jersey of Toronto. <laughs> Not even Canada, the New Jersey of Toronto. I stand All by Toronto. that. <laughs> uh, what is a bucket list item you probably won't accomplish? You know, I think it would be very cool to, like, some. I don't know if this is the correct terminology, but, like, summit a mountain. Is that the right expression? Like, like scale, like climb a mountain? Yeah, not necessarily. Like, I don't want all the equipment and I don't want to be like a Stallone cliffhangering. You know, I like <laughs> if there's like a path to the top where it's like, it's tough, but it's also, you don't need a thousand dollars of equipment. You don't need a Sherpa or anything like that. I feel like I would like to do that at some point, And I probably never will just because I'm it's terrified of heights. And same with like. Mm. I would love, love, love. Uh, it's been on my bucket list since I was a kid. I'd love to do like an African safari, but oh. I am so terrified of wild animals. And I, I am always weird shit happens to me all the time where like <laughs> I'll be I'll be at some event or it's something and something would happen to me and people would be like that. I've never seen that happen. You're the first person to ever have that issue. And I'm like, I just know if I went to a safari, like <laughs> there'd be a hyena that like, you know, drug the driver out of the jeep took the took the wheel and like drove me into a lake or something it's the exact opposite equivalent of landing on that ipod touch yeah it's the unlucky safari version of that just the one percent no one allotted for this exact scenario and like and here's some this ties back into a previous answer in the in the in the teens somewhere the reason i hate roller coasters so much is i i 
was a kid and I went on a roller coaster and they went to put the bar down and it mm-hmm. wouldn't shut all the way. And the guy was like, I've never seen that happen. And then he's like, you should be fine. Like, hold on. Oh and then God. I was like rattling around and like got cut by some metal, like Jeez. stuff like that. Stuff like that happens to me weekly where people, you know, something will fall on me or someone will whatever. And people will be like, that's never happened before. And I'm like, I'm Martin short and pure luck. Like it's bad. So I, I think I would wow. never put myself in a situation where I'm in wilderness and things could go, could and will go wrong. It would be great if, though, if you were on like a, a full on safari and just like a piano fell on you, like yeah. the, the, the literal <laughs> smallest percentage chance. <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think, uh, I am, I am Murphy's law. That's wow. And also, that roller coaster operator should not have said to a child, "Oh, absolutely, wow, this never happened." <laughs> absolutely, that was a lawsuit waiting to happen. Yeah, they should just be like, "Oh, this is how it goes," and roll on with it, like, or just mm-hmm. take you off. But it's a side uh, <laughs> debate, I suppose. Um, uh, question sixty-five, uh, dubbed by my previous guests as the realest question here. Ooh. Uh, what is the name of a friend that you don't keep in contact with but regret it? Um, I have a friend from college named Scott who was one of my closest friends and best friends and he's living in Chicago and I just, we, I feel like maybe the last text I, we had text exchange was maybe like a year and a half ago or something, but we Mm. were so close and it's, it's, um, when we see each other in person, which happened maybe three years ago, it's like time never passed, but, but in between in the interstitial, it's, uh, it's very little to no contact and it's, um, it's something where I'm always like, I should text Scott. And then I'm like, I don't know what to, how to bridge this gap. <laughs> so I think in person we're, we're fine or hopefully we, we will be, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can be bad at uh, correspondence sometimes. Gotcha. That's fair. Uh, 66. What's a game that makes you feel nostalgic? Ooh, anytime in an arcade or something like with all these different arcades popping up, Mm. Um, to to sort of stroke that nostalgia, um, dong. I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> I would say the there's like the four person arcade setup that is the X Men. Um, yes, and I I'm Nightcrawler's my all time favorite, so I will always play that when I see it, and it brings back such wonderful memories. And then in terms of like home system, I, anytime there's a game called Monster Party for NES, um, where you're like a boy with a bat who just has to like go and kill monsters. And anytime okay. I see an image of that or like look it up or hear the music from it or something, I'll totally just be whisked away to like my childhood and like playing this for the first time being like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> oh, and Battletoads too. Battletoads for some reason does it for me. The the NES one specifically? Yeah. With, with the impossible speeder bike level? Impossible. Never got past it. I, I don't know of anyone who has. Um... Let's see. Also, uh, note to self, if I start a Twitch channel, it will be called Nostalgia Dong. <laughs> so uh, noting that for future uh, paychecks. Um, what uh, what game have you spent the most time playing? I would say probably Fallout 4. Mm. Uh, probably Fallout 4. Yeah, that's a game built for those kind of uh, rigorous hours, though. Yeah, and I'll always be like, I'm going to, you know, here we go. And then somebody will be like, I can't find my, <laughs> can't find the tires to my 67 Chevy Impala. And I'm like, my man, there's now nothing more important than me finding those tires. <laughs> 
And then I'll do it. And he's like, "Here's ten bottle caps." And I'm like, "Fuck you!" Top priority. I'll see you Don't at the worry. Red Rocket, my man. <laughs> You're all cowards. <laughs> Pay me better. Have a minimum fallout wage. <laughs> well, I, uh, hold on. Honestly, yeah. Holy shit! I didn't even think about this because I'm living it. I have to say, Animal Crossing: New Horizon. I have put. I think the last oh. time I checked, it was like 160 or 170. Breaking news. Yeah, yeah. So, so I lied. That's because I'm living in it. It didn't, it didn't even occur to me as an answer. Animal Crossing New Horizons <laughs> would be, because Fallout 4, I'd say like 80 plus, but Animal Crossing New Horizons, I think it's at like 160. Wow. Wow. That Tom Nook, he gets people. He gets you. Wanted to make sure I didn't come off as a liar. I have an army of uh, listeners who are ready to angrily tweet things if any lies are shown. All um, nine-year-old whales. <laughs> my biggest fans. Uh, question 68. What's something you've built with your own hands? I just got... So um, a, a wonderful thing about podcasting is with advertisers, I, I get a bunch of free stuff. So um, we have a sponsor for Hayward Riddle uh, Helix, which uh, they sent me a, a very nice uh, mattress. And then oh, they wow. just um, they just started a furniture company called Allform, which launched like two weeks ago or something. And they were like, look, look over the site and let us know what you want. And I, there's all these like beautiful sectionals and all these you know, like very expensive couches. I mean, expensive relatively. It just in terms of like they're very nice. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I don't know this one. And they're like, yeah. And so they sent it to me and it, it comes in, it came in like eight or nine boxes. And then I, uh, Gemma and I just kind of linked them together like Legos almost because it's just, wow. that's the way they're built. Um, yeah. so that was the last thing we put together, um, was a sectional couch and it was, it took us like 15 minutes, 20 minutes, but I'm Very not, cool. I'm not handy at all. My brother-in-law makes a ton of really cool furniture. Um, but, and he's the, the handiest person I've ever met outside of Tim Allen, but I'm very, <laughs> very unhandy. Mm-hmm. Uh, question. <laughs> oh, dang it. That was so much better than mine. On <laughs> <laughs> a hot, hot Tim Allen off, which is more, what everyone's listening for. More power. It's so crazy to think in the nineties, the hit, the number one That's sitcom. Took. One of the, well, not the number one, but one of the top five sitcoms of the nineties. The catchphrase was more power. And then somebody barking. <laughs> and very fun transitions between scenes. Yeah. And he was That's already, really... a, yeah, he was already an arrested uh, Coke addict. Yep. <laughs> ah, the nineties. What a quainter, simpler time. <laughs> uh, question 69. Best pickup line. Um, I really like, I feel like I've done this once and it was with somebody I already knew and I did it to be funny, but also was maybe semi flirting. Um, <laughs> my favorite third eye blind song. Um, I, I've, for, for whatever reason to me, it's really funny and dumb to invert expectations for pickup lines. So I think there's a pickup line where you, you're supposed to look at the tag of someone's uh, shirt or blouse or jacket or whatever. And then say, like, look at it as if you're reading it and then go, ha, just like I thought, made in heaven. Um, and for whatever reason, I think that was like a known pickup line or something. Okay. So so at some point at, at a party or whatever, I, I uh, like, you know, looked at the tag of uh, um, my friend's shirt and I went, ha, just like I thought, made in Taiwan. And for whatever <laughs> reason, that was like the funniest thing. Um, and then there was also one that was like, um, 
was your oh, what was it oh did it did it hurt and they're like what and it's like when you fell from heaven yeah um and i did one that was like did it hurt and like what's up and i'm like back there it looked like you had a charlie horse or something are you okay do you need salt <laughs> <laughs> and they're like what the fuck and i'm like just checking gotta get your sodium <laughs> <laughs> but As you move, yeah. walk out of the room. <laughs> but, but those are those are a hundred percent for my own entertainment. Versus, like, I don't I don't think I've ever genuinely uh, set a pickup line with the intent of like picking someone up. That's so anti my personality, and I and I'm so timid and, and weird and introverted that I wouldn't do that. But yeah, yeah. to me, it's mostly about entertainment. <clears throat> As, I, I think it should be absolutely. Uh, question 70. Have you ever had any good nicknames? In college, I, some friends called me Grizz, um, because mm. I had, my beard was, I had, I first started to grow out my beard and it was getting kind of gnarled. Mm. So they, you know, they would call me Grizzly Addle or Grizz. <laughs> um, Grizzly Adam. <laughs> Instead of Grizzly Adams. And then at some point, I think when I was studying abroad in, in Canterbury, I ever since high school, maybe like mid high school, late high school, I've almost exclusively worn plaid and flannel. Um, mm-hmm. And so when I studied abroad, I had basically only um, flannel plaid wardrobe. And so people started to call me lumberjack. Um, and, and my email at the time was like lumberjack Adel at Yahoo and stuff. So, so Grizz and lumberjack are the two. That's excellent. Now my only frame of reference for Canterbury is Canterbury Tales that yes, old yes, yes, yes. Uh so I assume that's how it still is today just like bishops and friars walking <laughs> about telling about their tales It is a very I mean it's a very stuck in time uh city it's in it's oh. in um Dover it's near the you know near the cliffs of Dover not too far away and mm-hmm. it is um there's like some modern ish areas but most of it is the main sort of hub is enclosed by these giant walls that are like medieval walls. Um, oh, wow. And it's all like, you can't really get, I don't think you can get cars in there. It's like mostly cobblestone. And then it's, yeah, it's a lot of like Starbucks. It's like, there's a Starbucks in a building that was built in like 1200 and connected to the Starbucks, like right above at an angle uh, of the Starbucks is where Charles Dickens wrote um, a Christmas tale. Is that the name of it? Uh Christmas the three Carol? Ghosts. Christmas Carol. So yes. there's there's a hotel or whatever it was at the time where Charles Dickens wrote a Christmas Carol, and it's inches away from where they just installed this blazingly new Starbucks, <laughs> and it's just like mind boggling. Of like, are there no protections in place to like be like, don't put a, don't squash Dickens's <laughs> writing desk with a Starbucks? Like, but I mean, it's they need wild. to sell those cake pops. Absolutely, you gotta. Oh yeah. <laughs> And then right, the the main focus of Canterbury Tales, one, obviously there's like a Chaucer museum and like, it's very Chaucer forward in terms of like, we know, we know. And then there's also a giant, um, I don't know if it's a church or what you would call it, but it's, um, or cathedral. I'm sorry. It's Mm. a Thomas Beckett cathedral and Thomas Beckett was like a famous martyr. So he's buried or entombed there. And there's, I think there's maybe a Pope there or something, some some important people entombed. So the cathedral is like the main focus of the, of uh, the tourism there. Very, wow, very cool. And the basketball team. <laughs> In 2000, uh, 2000, I don't know, three. The Canterbury, <laughs> I don't know, Popes, I'm going to say. <laughs> Were the Can- Those... Canterbury Butchers and Bakers and Candlestick Makers. <laughs> uh, question 71. 
Do you believe in love at first sight? I don't. And I actually just had this conversation with um, with Gemma. We both read this amazing. There's this amazing book called Untamed. That's such a wonderful book. It is so um, insightful and thoughtful and empowering and um, inspiring. It's really, really wonderful. Uh, check out mm. that book. But there's a section where this woman mentions she's she's at this dinner and this this woman walks up and she the, the author stands up out of her seat when she sees her and goes that's the one and then they get married and everything and they haven't said a word and I'm like that's not love at first sight that's like lust like yeah. I've had I've seen you know when people walk into a room and I'm like oh my gosh and then I'm like this oh my I have to know this person or I have to you know who are they but then I realized I'm like oh they're physically my type they're they're there's something going on in terms of the way they carry themselves, their look, their the way they're dressed, whatever, the way they're coiffed. Like <laughs> they they appeal to me visually, but that's not love. So I don't I I absolutely 100 percent do not agree with anyone who says love at first sight. I think it's there's lust there. There's attraction. And then once you get to know the person and the personality and and what's behind that, that's where I think you obviously the love is formed. But I do not ever agree with love at first sight if you if you have it great just don't ever talk to me about it <laughs> <laughs> right below roller coasters baby mm -hmm. <laughs> uh religion uh, it goes religion love at first sight roller coasters okay the, the three coasters, things the three things that bring most of the human population joy <laughs> <laughs> always always putting a dark cloud on a nice day mm -hmm. i don't five. let me tell you about kittens and babies <laughs> They should be drowned. <laughs> Here's my card. Pizza and the Beatles. No thanks. <laughs> you like soft sweaters? Get out of town. Um, question seventy-two. What is a big turnoff of yours? Um, hmm. I a big turnoff of mine, and and um, something I try and be sort of cognizant of is people who don't take interest in you or who don't take mm. interest in the other people around them. So if someone's like holding court at a party or at a, at whatever, and they're yeah. not really asking about anyone else or putting, putting the focus on someone else or allowing other people to interject or get their thoughts or opinions in or stories. I find that really gross. Um, and I feel like, I feel like I always try and make sure anyone who's near me or around me or talking to me or in the vicinity feels welcome and included and engaged versus mm. being versus being talked at or like that I'm, you know, holding court, telling some story or something with no, no hope of interjection. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, question 73. Do you consider yourself an artist? I don't. Um, I would, I mean, I would, my default would be to call myself like a performer, but I, for whatever reason, and I, I do, I think textbook, I fall under the category of artist because, I mean, performer the, is short for performing artist. <laughs> but for whatever reason, uh, long ago, I've separated in, in the sandbox of my brain. I drew a line between like uh, theater and like paint, art, digital, like artists. Mm, so okay. anytime I hear artist, I think of paint, colored pencils, digital, whatever that might be. That's what I think, or sculpture, you know, that's what I think of yeah. in terms of artist is like something who's someone whose work would be in a museum that you'd pay admission to see perhaps, or go to a gallery. 
but I don't ever think of, even though it's applicable, I don't think of improv or podcasting or theater as uh, the arts, even though it absolutely is. Gotcha. Well, hopefully something related to that will come up in exactly two questions. <laughs> uh, but 74, what's something you tried to cook and failed? I recently tried to do a, a friend of mine, a guy named Chef Mike. Um, he had something on Twitter where he talked about, I forget the name of it, but there's some way to cook a steak where it's like you sear it on both sides for X amount of minutes and then you put it in a cast iron skillet in the oven and then you take it out and then you, um, you know, put butt over top of it and all this stuff. Ooh. And I was like, that sounds great. And so I bought a very nice steak and I seared it on both sides and I put it in the oven and for the exact time it said, and when it came out, it was well, 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 well done. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I was like, this sucks. Um, so for whatever reason, that method of steak, I think my, I, I think we found in the last couple of months, our oven runs hot. So anytime uh... we, if we make cookies and it says 15 minutes, we put it in for eight and a half, nine. And then we're like, no, this is good. So I think I think it's a uh, immediately I'm shifting the blame to the to technology <laughs> and not me. But I, I couldn't I've, have possibly yeah. done something wrong. I, just... I fucked that up royally. <laughs> I gotcha. All right, question seventy-five, dubbed the Ben Hansen, after our uh, well, not our my first guest on this show. <laughs> I would say you were there in spirit. I, don't, mm -hmm. I, I won't discount you there. Um, what is the greatest piece of art ever made? Greatest piece of art. Hmm, this is going to be tough. I yeah. don't, I love going to museums. I love modern art. What I'll say, okay, I have an answer. The best thing I've ever seen that, that's artistic and is something everyone should experience is a show in New York called Sleep No More. It's, oh, um, yes. It's, it's a four hour production, three, I guess three, it's three hours. So you go to this, um, this uh, place called the McKittrick Hotel. You buy a ticket, you go in, you check your coach, you go into this like Shining-esque bar lounge, and then you're eventually led into this space that's uh, six stories tall, about 100 rooms, all fully furnished, all uh, wildly creative and interesting and, and populated with personality and, and actors and story. And you have a white mask on, like a, a plague doctor mask uh, with a nose jutting out. And you walk around, you're not allowed to talk. You can't be on your phone or anything, and you just walk around and experience this sort of theatrical show however you want to. And there's no – you're not, you're not um, corralled anywhere. You're not shepherded, shepherded anywhere. You have total free reign to go to any room for any time, for any amount. You can look through cabinets. You can go through desks. You can do whatever you want. You can run after an actor who's running upstairs. Um, <laughs> and you slowly piece together stories and find these interesting moments, and there's – an actor might grab you and take you into a secret room and do like a one-on-one -on -one, um, experience. It is the most oh, wow. magical thing I've ever done in my life. I've been nine times now. Holy um, cow. And I can't wait to go again. It is truly the most magical thing I've ever experienced. And I'm, and I, I truly feel like if everyone experienced that, that the world would be a better place just in terms of like what's possible, what it means to like connect and, and interact and be a part of something. I feel like that's truly the greatest piece of art I've, I've ever created. That is incredible. Yes. What a glowing recommendation. Have Absolutely. you heard of it or been there? I've heard of it. I have not been there, unfortunately, even though I'm in uh, the, the pant leg of New York down here in New Jersey. Um, but no, leg. now that I know. <laughs> the concealed <laughs> weapon. Of... <laughs> 
the ankle monitor of New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's that's far too true is the sad part. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I've definitely heard of it, but I didn't know it was – I just kind of thought it was like a um, – kind of more equivalent to like a dinner theater. Like – which I guess it is, but like blown out to the nth degree. Yeah. To, um, to, this is um, – I think this – they maybe didn't invent the term or invent the genre, but this is what they call immersive theater. Oh, in terms of like okay. you're you're basically a part of the show and you can you can experience ha- however you want um so it's almost like a video game it's almost like you you have full control it's like a video game meets escape room meets you know um regular theater meets you know a, a dinner party um but it it's truly absolutely magical it's in, it's indescribable that sounds so great yeah all right question 76 have you ever had something happen to you that you would consider paranormal. I've had I had something happen to me in, in Hawaii. The first time I went to Hawaii, I woke up and there's a shadow. Int- I saw my door open. I saw a shadow come in and close the door, and then I, it stood over my bed and watched me. I later learned that that was a common association with sleep paralysis, which I've experienced oh. since maybe three times, and each time it's terrifying. And I don't know what brings it, it on. It. Yeah, I've only had it three times, and it's never come back since the last time. And then one time I was house-sitting my great-grandma, Fern Brownlee. Uh, she lived on a, on a huge farm in, in central rural Illinois, and I was house-sitting for her. And um, there was a moment where she had two dogs out on this, like, enclosed porch, and mm. they were sleeping. And then all of a sudden, the uh, motion sensor light for the front front porch which the dogs were not on it's like outside the house porch yeah the the motion sensor went on meaning something was there and they um started barking 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 and then it went off and they got dead silent and then it went on again and they were dead silent and i got it's the only time in my life where i was like there's something out there i'm about to die and i truly like i've heard the expression but i never had felt it before like the the literal hairs on my backs uh, on the (laughs) on my back the little hair (laughs) hairs on the uh, back of my neck stood up and i felt like this i felt my body moving forward but like i was like queasy um it was a very fascinating sensation and then i opened the front porch and there was nothing there but it was a moment of like something just happened and i don't know what it was it could have been supernatural it could have been a raccoon whatever but uh but we were in the middle of nowhere it's a it's a you know deep in the country with with no yeah. real neighbors so uh it couldn't have, i doubt it was another person i love that i love those stories so much and i feel like <laughs> animals um and well i should i should have said i should have prefaced this but this is something you know that's i maybe relative was that the place where my grandma lived the the giant country home used to be mm. a funeral home in like the late 1800s it was oh. like for that area, it's like a, a, the, the surrounding area has like 80 people or something. But that was like the, what they use as a funeral home. Um, so my great grandma told me that at some point, And I was like, oh, that maybe has something to do with it. But I love I don't know if I believe in ghosts, but I love ghost stories. I love yes. going on a bad ghost tour is one of my favorite things in the world. <laughs> I cannot tell you how much joy when I like I went to Savannah or go to New Orleans. If there's like a bad ghost tour, I am in my fucking realm. Like, yes, I was going to go to New Orleans this summer, uh, literally like in three weeks or so. Yeah. uh, Which ain't happening anymore. Uh, But um, the one one of many things I was excited to do was exactly that. I've heard there are several ghost tours that are just like. 
you know, you walk through the graveyard and they're like, what could be around yeah. this tomb? And I'm like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> my, my favorite thing is the tour guide where it's like they have some like hat on and a cape and they're like, uh, they, they don't look spooky. You know, it's like, OK, Greg. Um, and my favorite thing is when they're like, OK, at this intersection of uh, Chapatulis and um, Simone Avenue, does anyone know what happened? And we're like, no, <laughs> we're no, that's why we're on this tour. And they're like, Any, anyone? <laughs> anyone we're like no no we're all we're all visitors tell us the thing does, does the name little lori mean anything no we've never heard of your local legends nobody knows who fucking little lori is well let me spin you a yarn of little, little lori, lori without the dory <laughs> it's like okay but i i love without fail every ghost tour i've been on which is is uh well over a dozen there's always the guide who's like, anyone? Does anyone want to say something? Does anyone want to guess? And it's like, no, just give us a fucking fax, dude. <laughs> well, it was some overzealous guy who's like, wait, 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 let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. <laughs> um, I'm going to guess a ghost? <laughs> <laughs> I want to do, at IO, the, the theater I perform at, I want to do an improvised ghost tour with JPC as the guide, um, oh. who's my co-host for Hey Riddle Riddle. And I'm, I've talked to him about it for the last two years, and I, hopefully in the next another two we, we actually do it. That yes, uh, consider me signed up, and I'm not even in that part of the country. But yes, I want to see that. Um, question seventy-seven: Would you ever use a Ouija board? I yes, I have, and I own. Mm -hmm. I don't own a board currently. I've owned several boards over my lifetime. I currently have like an old timey. Uh, I think they call them planchettes. Um, oh, like the the guide, the little arrow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I have one of those planchettes that's from like an original Ouija board from like the 20s, maybe. I don't know if that's even original, but from like the early 20s or 30s, I have a planchette um, that I got at an antique store that's that's a very um, prized possession. That's really cool. Yeah. All right. 78. Simply, why? Honestly, as a, as a now as a teacher, the answer is because I said so. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only answer to that. Just as like you're slapping like a yardstick on yeah. a table. <laughs> Just like the the one certainty in my life, um, and I've seen this over two thousand times. Anytime someone, either if I know them or a stranger or wherever, anytime someone says "calm down," the other person will always say, "Don't tell me to calm down." <laughs> like I feel like that's it's like a one-two setup. Like knock knock, mm -hmm. who's there? Calm down. Don't tell me to calm down. Um, so I feel like that's, that's also a one, two setup is why, because I said so. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Uh, 79, if given the chance, when would you time travel to? I would be interested to go to, I feel like I'd be interested to go to the wild west. I know Ooh. dead, <laughs> I know Deadwood does not romanticize the West. It's very gross. <laughs> it is, uh, frightening and terrifying and gross. But I feel like I would be curious just to see it. And then also, I mean, you got to check out Medieval Times, right? I mean, just to have... Medieval Times dinner and tournament. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, go to the original Ren Fair, have a turkey leg and a Pepsi. Like, you got to <laughs> try that out. That would that would be great if you went there. Pepsi? Uh, we only have uh, RC Cola. Dang it. <laughs> Things are so much simpler back then. Oh, and I should say, this is very specific, but I would also go back in mm. time and steal Chuck Berry's music. <laughs> This is his cousin, Marvin Refai. 
you know that new fantasy improv podcast you were looking for? <laughs> no. Oh. Oh, never mind. Uh, thanks for thanks for calling. Um. <laughs> uh, Question 80. Have you ever made a sudden dramatic change to your lifestyle and stuck to it? No, I tried. In college, I dated someone who was vegan. And so for like four months, five months, I was I was vegan or at least vegetarian. Um, and they were they were proud of me and were like, hey, this is cool. And then at some point I was like, I need meat. Like, so, yeah, so I've never really stuck with anything in terms of like a huge life change. Nice. Uh, what game show, past or present? Would you love to be a contestant on? It's not my favorite show, and it's not the one, it's not even in the top 20 of ones I think I would be best at. But for whatever reason, I was absolutely enthralled with Supermarket Sweep. Seemed oh, like so, so much fun to just be mm-hmm. able to run with a cart and there's no consequences. <laughs> and to be able to just be like, I would always mentally tell myself, like, I would just like put my hand out and like, grab everything, like push everything off the shelves into my cart. And like, for whatever reason, that game show was thrilling to me as a kid. Yeah. I I always, they still replay old like eighties episodes of that. And it is so funny to see people like daintily putting like quarts of milk into their cart. It's like, just tip the thing Uh, over and unload. (laughs) I wish I could, I wish I could lead by example and just be a, fucking madman and people are just like we've never seen this before and of course something would crush like a shelf would fall and they'd be like that's never happened before and i'd be <laughs> like PA yeah, somewhere. 20 turkeys would kill me <laughs> there is I, I hate to keep referencing other uh non-related material but there's a wonderful snl sketch uh with uh, melissa mccarthy mm-hmm. uh doing exactly a parody of what we're saying right now oh really where it's uh yeah it's it's you know a uh, whatever their generic equivalent of supermarket sweep is, because I don't think they can call it supermarket sweep. Yeah. And it's like the, you know, the contestant she's going up against uh, is Vanessa Bayer, and she's just, like, running up and, like, picking up, like, a single bag of rice and putting it in the cart and slowly moving along. That's And incredible. then Melissa McCarthy running up and, like, oh, she uh, she appears to have stolen everything behind the deli counter. Uh, she is currently <laughs> stealing our cameras from the cameraman and putting it in her cart. Smart. Um, that's, it's, yes. That's brilliant. Uh, Bob, I caught myself in another lie. I want to backtrack slightly. This won't take much time. The yeah. the biggest celebrity I've ever met. Um, so I'm <sighs> friends with Vanessa Bayer. I was on an improv team with her. Um, Are you really? Yeah. For she me- is so wonderful. I was on a team with her and I was on a different team with, uh, AD Bryant. Um, oh my God. but I was on a team with Vanessa. And then when she got SNL, she, <sighs> she, uh, was like, if you ever want to come out. So at some point I went out there and the, the show I went to for SNL was, uh, when Jonah Hill hosted. And then uh, oh, yeah. Vanessa and I went to the after party, and I you know, got to meet all all sorts of you know cast members and and other celebrities who were just there hanging out. And at the mm-hmm. sort of food table, there's like a and it's all private for the for the casting everyone. Um, at the food table, which is like you know um, a table that's two two feet wide, I went up to grab some food and I'm putting stuff on my plate and I reach for something and bump into a hand reaching for the same thing, <gasps> and I look up and it's someone in a Kangol hat. And I'm like, who is this? And then I look all the way up, and it's uh, it slowly sinks in, and it's Leonardo DiCaprio. And it's the one time what? it's the one time in my life where words failed me, and I literally looked him in the eyes and went, "Huh," just made that sound, and he went like, "Hey man, how you doing?" And I just went, "Huh," ah. and then he was like, "All right," and walked away. And so that would be the biggest star I've met is is Leonardo DiCaprio. But for sure, I, I can't. I cannot confidently say I said a single word to him because the two the two squeaks I made were not words. 
Um, <laughs> but he was there because I think at the time, maybe Wolf of Wall Street had come out, but he had come to support Oh, yeah, Jonah him and Hill. Jonah Hill were like buddy-buddy, yeah. buddy, yes. Vanessa told me that they had done, in rehearsal, they had the whole week they had had a sketch with Leo, and the night of, he backed out because he was worried about it, where he's like, I don't think this is me. I don't think I'm funny. I don't want to do this. So he backed out at the last minute, um, and and so he just came to the party. Wow. That, but I, that I, is I incredible. Was, I think he takes the cake in terms of, like, the biggest box office or, like, most well-known actor. Oh, yeah. That that whole idea of just showing up to a SNL after party is like mana from heaven for me. Like oh, yeah. I would, I think I would just do that uh, it, to everyone. It was an out of body experience where it's like I I uh, got to say hi to Lauren Michaels and like ate one of his churros and then like I sat <laughs> down with Vanessa and then like Michael Sarah sat down next to me and I'm like this is uh, uh, someone's life but not mine. <laughs> this is incredible! Wow, uh, uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, that, a, a well-deserved tangent because I love hearing those yeah. stories. Um, I don't even know what question I'm on anymore. I was so enamored with that <laughs> whole thing. Um, oh, here we go. Eighty-two. Uh, what is a quote you love? I really enjoy, and oh boy, this is the funniest quote to fuck up because I can't remember it fully. I love the idea of um, better to let people think you're an idiot than open your mouth and remove all doubt. Is that? Yep. The, I think that's how it goes. Um, uh, maybe Churchill. Yeah, maybe for whatever reason, I just really enjoy. Um, I really enjoy that quote. That's great. Uh, Eighty-three. What's the best shirt that you own? Um. Oh, also, I want to say Tom Waits. Um. Uh, champagne for my real friends. Real pain for my sham friends. Um. Great. Quote. <laughs> the best shirt I own, I would say. I bought this. Um. There's a store called REI. I don't know. Is that? Is that? Uh, across the U.S., it's like it doesn't a, ring a bell on the East Coast, it's like but I could be store, and they sell like Patagonia and a lot of like really up-priced outdoorsy stuff. But hmm. I found this like coat; it's like a shirt jacket kind of thing um, that I absolutely love. And any chance, any chance it's uh, cold enough out, I wear it, and it's it's my my like prized clothing possession, just in terms of like how comfortable it is, how warm it is, and how nice it looks. Oh, very nice. Uh, 84. Would you change your middle name? I wouldn't. My middle name is Shoki, and that's my dad's name, S-H-A-W-K-I. So I think it's just, it's, it's kind of nice to just have his name as my middle name and, and uh, just have a fully Arabic, you know, Adel, Shoki, Rafai, have a, have (laughs) all three um, qualify as uh, Arabic. So I, I like that. I like it a lot. And I don't know what else I'd put in there. Like nothing else works unless it's <laughs> Muhammad or Todd. <laughs> Adel Todd Rafai. Uh, rolls off the tongue. <laughs> Connor Madlins. <laughs> With a hyphen, just as your full middle name. Uh, Eighty-five. What is a good impression you can do? Um, I feel like oh boy. I'm I'm not really good at impressions. I started to I started to think I could do a good John Mulaney, and then when I did it in front of other people, people were like, "Who is that?" And I'm like, "John Mulaney." So I'll 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 do like ten seconds of this. Okay. Oh hey kids, it's me, John Mulaney. Hey, are you gonna use all of that powdered sugar? You're putting it on your cat. What's the cat's name? Beignet. But it's sort of a cross between like Seinfeld and I don't know what else. 
but it's not good. But that's the only one. It's got, uh... a, it's got a little bit of Seinfeld. It's also got a little bit of um, that cartoon cat uh, from like the '60s, whose name escapes me right now. Oh, Snagglepuss. Exit Snagglepuss. Exit stage left, right, even. <laughs> Heavens and Megatroid. Hey, there's an impression. Thank you. Oh, so yeah, Snagglepuss. Heavens the Megatroid. John Travolta. Sandy. Uh, <laughs> and uh, who else? That's about it. That's good. It's perfect. In fact, um, is there a tattoo you wanted to get but are glad you didn't get? Um, I want a tattoo, but I'm I'm also waiting for something to like really strike me. I don't want to just wander mm. in and be like, "What do you got?" Um, so I, I definitely want to have something in mind. There was a point where I wanted like a, there's a specific artist in LA that I love their style and I wanted an actual campfire. Cause just cause I love, I love being oh. around a campfire. Like I said, it's my favorite smell. It just brings me so much. A campfire brings me so much joy. So I wanted to have one of those, um, tattooed on me, but I'm glad at the moment I don't have that. Cause I, I think I need to, I'm somewhat, I'm always worried with tattoos if I ever get one. I'm worried that I'll get one and people will be like, oh, everyone has that. And I, and I just don't know. Cause I have no, I, my finger is not on the pulse of the tattoo community. So my biggest fear is getting something like, I love pumpkins. I love jack-o'-lanterns. And I'm like, what if I got a little jack-o'-lantern? And then people are like, uh, how gosh, like <laughs> I, I'm not typically worried. Of, I, I typically am not worried about what people think of me, but for some reason with a tattoo, because it's, you know, permanent for the most part. Yeah. I am worried about getting something that's basically uh, like a Chinese symbol of the moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like when people got Chinese symbols or tramp stamps or barbed wire at the time, they weren't being like, everyone's going to have this. They're like, I think this is cool. And then it, it just happened to be that everyone had that. So I'm trying to avoid something along those lines. The day you go in for your pumpkin tattoo, like Ariana Grande gets the same tattoo and it becomes the most popular thing across college campuses. <laughs> Ariana, no. Ariana, no. Uh, how would you describe your 16-year-old self? Uh, I would say pretty reserved and quiet, uh, very into Jackie Chan and Eddie Murphy. <laughs> um, <laughs> just, just figuring out that I was uh, good at or interested in comedy and theater. Um, and starting to be, um, starting to realize that I could, um, uh, have more autonomy in my life and, and sort of, uh, blaze my own path and do my own thing versus worrying about like taking care of others. Nice. Um, what is the worst injury you've ever had? I haven't had too many. The worst injury was honestly probably one I don't even rem remember. When I was a baby, my esophagus, and there's a term for it or a, a t title for it, but I don't know. My esophagus wasn't properly connected to my stomach. So mm. one out of, you know, one out of two meals or whatever the percentage was that I ate, I would throw up because um, it wouldn't go into my stomach for whatever reason. It would just wow. launch back out. So they yeah. had to cut open my stomach and rearrange some things and connect some things. And then sew me back up. And then, so that was when I was just a baby. And then as I've gotten older, that scar grows as I grow. So across, across my stomach, across like half my stomach, I have this uh, scar that anytime somebody sees it, they're always like, oh, well, like what happened? And I'm just like, I surgery is a baby. And they're yeah. like, that's severe. And I'm like, well, I grew as the, you know, <laughs> the scar grew as I grew. <laughs> I guess that's how scars work. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. 
I never really thought of it like that, but yeah. Well, also, you know, Jarhead and, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Thor. That's how... Oh, I'm, I'm thinking of how Scars Guards work. <laughs> so I edit in something funny there. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's just like a slide whistle. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Hmm? Uh, what is a habit of yours you want to break? I, I have a bit of... Um, of uh ocd in terms of uh it, it, it the way it sort of um populates is list making so every day oh. i will sit with pen and paper and write lists um lists of like what i want to do what i want to purchase things i'm interested in things that are, that are upcoming travel and i'll i'll buy all i have um i probably have around 100 notebooks and maybe oh, this is embarrassing maybe like um 800 pins like uh, uh gel pins and Quite i a few pins yeah and i just constantly will make lists and they pile up and i have thousands of papers all over the place i try and keep them in piles or under the bed or something but it's just a really bad thing of like i can't mentally get over that hurdle and it's been something that i've done for a long time but for whatever reason i just can't uh, i think it's deeper than just like a habit it's more of, mm. it's more of like a sickness um so at some <laughs> point i wish i could stop doing that um, but it's just something that I find my, myself um, needing to do, like impulsively needing to do. Interesting. All right. We're on the home stretch here. 91. Uh, no, I totally lied. 90. Have you ever lied on your resume? Uh, no. I think at some point as an actor on my like actor resume, I said like can drive stick shift, which I think when you when you audition for commercials and stuff, you're supposed to put on, you know, if you can ride a horse or whatever feels mm. there. I think I yeah. wrote can drive stick shift, which at the time I couldn't, and I also put because I had played like in grade school or something, I had played soccer for like a year, so I put like uh, you know can play soccer, and then I got called out for a uh, frost, <laughs> I got called out for a frosted flakes commercial where the person I was going to be playing Tony the Tiger. So I was like in a suit where they would project Tony the Tiger over me. And I was like dribbling the ball and scoring in a net. And so I was one of like 10 people. And the other nine guys were like clearly like college athletes. <laughs> and I was like, this sucks. And so they're like, why don't you like bounce it off your knee and then like pass over here and then they'll pass it back and you shoot and, and score. And I'm like, okay. And I just kept you know, fumbling it and like fucking up. <laughs> and then eventually they're like, okay, and you can play soccer. And I'm like, haha. And they're like, okay, thanks. And then obviously I just went home, like embarrassed all hell and took that off my resume. And then I saw that commercial later and I'm like, yeah, that I could not, never have done what Tony just did. What it, I, I could never do what a cartoon tiger just did. <laughs> That's my life. So I, yeah, I, uh, one time I lied about soccer and, and driving stick shift and, and it did come back to bite me. So I, I guess, yes, I have. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love the idea of this. Uh, books. <laughs> uh, as, as you walked away in their Tony the Tiger outfit that you are still wearing currently. Uh, 91. Have you ever punched someone in the face? Mm, no. I've been in one fist fight in a bar where a guy sucker punched me, and I. I punched him from the ground. Um, oh. I uppercutted him in the balls and then he <laughs> fell on top of me and I put him in like a chokehold until the bouncer came. Um, 
but I've never, I've ne- yeah, I've never clocked someone in the face. Wow. But you really uppercutted that guy's balls. Oh, yeah. Nice. It, it sucks to get sucker punched because there's like there's like a 10 second period where you're just like what just happened like did i slip and then you're like no my face kind of hurts oh fuck there's someone attacking me and then i and then i just kind of like reached up and yeah hit him as hard as i could in the nuts i was sucker punched once in the back of the head Ooh. in high school <laughs> i was in they have like this uh i don't know how if it's widespread but it was basically like like a prom king type thing it was called like mr union high school that's the high school i went to um and it's basically like a bunch of guys who doing like dumb competitions and the school would watch and dub one of them mr union high school it's very silly in hindsight um but one of them was like doing this weird lip-syncing band competition thing um and was very bad and I was sitting next to my friend going, wow, he's doing very bad. And little did I know that his sister was sitting in the seat directly behind me. Ew. Uh, and she took that as a great offense and clocked me directly in the back of the head. And I had that exact same feeling of like five seconds of like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like you can't piece together where it's like something just struck me hard. Did I yeah. did someone throw something? Did I, did I turn around and bump into something? Yeah, it's never did I think like my words would have consequences. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't how high school works. <laughs> well, at least you deserved yours. Mine was out of nowhere. Yeah, Just that's kidding. true. Nobody deserves to get. <laughs> he was pretty bad in that concert thing. To be fair, he was not doing a good job. And to be fair, um, he deserved to be punched. I lied. <laughs> there are people who deserve to be punched. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Ninety-two. Would you ever go to a nude beach? No. Okay. There's no. There, uh, I I think there's just such a stigma with that where it's like, the 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 trope of that is always like, ooh, like uh, uh the men go to the nude beach to see topless lady. Like <laughs> it's just so gross and it's just not. I don't find that appealing at all or sexual at all or, yeah, I I that would do absolutely nothing for me. Fair. Uh, ninety three. When was the last time you cried? Uh, last time I cried, it would probably be crying from laughing. Uh, Gemma and I did some edibles a few nights ago and got, and got real giggly. And then we had the brilliant idea to watch uh, a YouTube compilation of news bloopers. (laughs) And let me tell you, there are some real gems out there. And we, and we cried, we laughed so hard. We cried. That's wonderful. I love that. Uh, 94, what's something that you've done and will probably never do again? Um, hmm, this is tough. Uh, I mean, riding a roller coaster is up there. <laughs> I don't Off know. the list. I don't know if there's anything that I would outright, uh, maybe I went, um, snorkeling in Hawaii hmm. and I didn't, same same thing for some other stuff I've mentioned. It didn't do anything for me. Um, I just didn't find it fun. I kept panicking because I kept thinking that my tube was filling with water. Um, uh, yeah. I don't do well with heights or water. So, I, I, yeah, I don't think I would go snorkeling again. Okay. Fair. Uh, 95, best compliment you've ever received. Gotta say, top of the show, the great Adoro Fi is going to stick Ooh, with me. Baby. 
Adding that one on the list, the old Listerino, right next to uh, Nostalgia Dong. Uh, Ninety-six. Uh, Tell me a joke. Um. Okay, this is a long joke, but I'll try and try and go through this as quick as possible. So my favorite joke is all of, of all time is um, this guy is on safari in Africa. That's funny because we mentioned that this guy's in safari <laughs> in Africa. He comes upon they, uh, the jeep comes across a herd of elephants. Uh, when the when the elephants see the jeep, they run off into the distance. Except for one elephant um, is on its side and it can't get up and it can't run away, but it's fearful. Uh, and this guy gets out of the jeep and he he looks at the elephant. And the elephant looks at him. He looks at the elephant. The elephant looks at him. He goes up to the elephant and he notices that there's like a thorn or a thistle jammed into its foot, into one of its uh, feet. And so the guy mm-hmm. looks at the elephant. The elephant looks at him. The guy. Uh, goes to touch his leg and the elephant makes a move and winces but he he keeps looking at him and he gently lifts up the the elephant's foot he gently pulls out the thistle he gently puts the foot back down um and gently backs away he looks at the elephant elephant looks at him elephant gets up looks at the guy with a look of gratitude and runs off with the rest of his herd 10 years later this same man is at a circus in kansas city and wouldn't you know there's an elephant act um the guy's in the front row of the of the ring of the circus He's watching the elephant act, and the whole act, this elephant keeps looking over at him. Elephant's looking at him. He's looking at the elephant. Elephant's looking at him. He's looking at the elephant. Elephant eventually makes meaningful eye contact with him, walks up to the guy, abandons the ball he was playing with or whatever he was doing, makes eye contact with the guy, and gently walks over to him. He gently wraps his trunk around the man. He gently lifts the man out of his seat, slams him down on the ground, stomps on his head, kills him, gets up on his two hind feet, lets out a trumpet, and runs out of the tent, smashing and killing things along the way. It's a different elephant. <laughs> the first time I heard that, I could not breathe from how hard I was laughing. I don't know why, but I just really, I really enjoy how long that is just to be like, it's not even a joke. <laughs> it's just a uh, misunderstanding. But you can't, you can't tell someone like, hey, uh, can I tell you a misunderstanding? <laughs> It's less of a good setup. Yeah. yeah. You, you, have you heard this misunderstanding before? <laughs> that is amazing. Yes. <laughs> a, a thousand times yes. Oh, good gosh. Okay. Um, we have... Oh, question 97. This is a fun one. So this used to be just a lousy question that I came up with. Um, and the first couple of interviews were like, that's a lousy question. Which it was. So I've since replaced it with the listener question of the week. Ooh. Uh, so if uh, anybody out there has a question that they want on there, it's 99questionspod at Gmail or on Twitter. Uh, so today we're going to use a question from Flamin' Queso, mm-hmm. uh, fan since day one. His question, do you know the Muffin Man? Do you know the Muffin Man? That's another impression I can do. Not my <laughs> buttons. Um, I I do know the Muffin Man. I know him from Shrek one through twa, and I know him from Shrek the Musical. Very good. Oh, yes, wait, I, am... I don't know the oh. Muffin Man. I know <gasps> the Gingerbread Man. That's not the Muffin Man. That's oh my the gosh! Man. So I I don't think if we've ever seen the Muffin Man on screen. Holy shit! I do, I do not know the Muffin Man. Hard no. Muff Muffin Gate two K twenty. <laughs> we're breaking all the laws we're breaking all the rules we need to find out where that guy is he's, he's trapped somewhere in this film uh, thank you Fleming Queso uh, 
Question 98. What made you want to be who you are today? Um, and I just want to say that last question was almost like uh, I read an article recently where they're like, you know what? We've never actually heard the Monster Mash. The Monster Mash is about the, that, it's song, a... that song is about the Monster Mash, but the song yeah. is not the Monster Mash. It's a reference to. So that it made me think of that. What made it's like the Tenacious D song? Yeah. What made me the person <laughs> I am today? I think, I, I mean, this is not, I, I don't think this is a wildly interesting answer, but I think my, my mom, I, I mean, just her method of parenting and the, her, um, the way she cures herself in, in life and the way she interacts with people, she's mm. so incredibly kind and giving. And she's someone who will like give you the shirt off her back and then, and then give you a coupon for 10 free shirts. Like she, is, she's so charitable and kind and generous and giving. And so I think that's, I think I try and always be as generous as possible where anytime I have anything, I try and just, you know, not I mean, the term is spread to wealth, but it's, <laughs> I'm not wealthy, um, <laughs> but try and spread to wealth and try and get other people involved. And I try and, give opportunities to people when I can and, and really just um, I, I try and have zero ego as possible and just really, really make it about other people and other people in my life and really try and uh, lift up those who, who maybe need a boost. That's, and I, I think that, that is my mom. Oh, that is a wonderful mentality. And uh, yes, I, I, I love that. Oh, and also uh, fucking pop rocks. <laughs> 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 this episode is sponsored by Paparazzi. Paparazzi, they make noise. <laughs> they can't eat it. Crunchies on you, eat it. <laughs> you thought your teeth were bad now? Try some Paparazzi. There's fireworks in my throat. <laughs> Drinking Coca Cola, become an urban legend. Or <laughs> uh, <laughs> <More> power. <laughs> Tim Allen drinking Pop Rocks on Arbor Day. That's what this episode will be titled. <laughs> no, oh my gosh, you did it. You cracked the code. Bob, that's the spokesperson, is it's Tim Allen, and it becomes Arbor Day? Yes! That, oh my, it's, it's come full circle. It's so, come full circle. Balloons are falling from my ceiling. How is this happening? <laughs> oh. and, and just in time, we've cracked the code uh, for question 99. Oh yeah. What do you want to be remembered for? I want to be remembered as the man who put Arbor Day on the map. It used to be, it used to just be two words on a calendar. We all would see yeah. that calendar. We'd say, huh, did you know that tomorrow's Arbor Day? No one would know. <laughs> no one would care. Suddenly, a little man called Adorify comes along, the X-Pac of his generation. <laughs> and what he, do? he makes Arbor Day a goddamn event. That's right. Oh, yeah. LMFAO, they performed the first annual Arbor Day celebration. Or should I say Tim Allen's Arbor Day? Featuring Connor Madlibs. Hashtag Connor Madlibs. Please, someone with Photoshop make this poster. I want to hang this up somewhere. <laughs> I, I want like a, like a Coachella-style lineup of just like what's happening at Arbor Day. Just pure nonsense happening at this Arbor Day show. Uh, this, Bob, thank you so much for having me. This is uh, a goddamn delight. No, thank you. I, uh, this was a pleasure for me. And, uh, yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, now that you have conquered the questions, all of 99 of them, Ooh. uh, is there anything you want to put out in the world? Anything you want to plug? Anything you want to say to the people? Uh, anything at all, please. The floor is yours. 
Um, I would say, as Bob mentioned, uh, I do two podcasts, Hello from the Magic Tavern and Hey Riddle Riddle. Um, they're both improvised podcasts. One is a fantasy world where I play a character. One is just me and two friends uh, trying to solve riddles and doing scenes along the way. So please check those out. Um, please, whenever, whatever podcast you listen to, whether it's mine or, or Bob's or anyone's, um, I think it's hugely beneficial to tell other people about it. So uh, using word of mouth. Um, and also uh, leaving uh, reviews and, and ratings. I know that's become this like ubiquitous term of like rate and review, um, but it's an actual helpful thing. That's why it's so many podcasters say it. So please um, rate and review uh, Bob's podcast. This podcast that you're listening to right now, take a moment to scroll up on your phone and actually, uh, you know, do something positive and, and help help uh, this podcast out because we could all use it. Tremendous. Come on. What, what a guy. And also, oh, I, I, I'm so sorry to cut you off. I do want to say, I don't want to let this drop by the wayside. At Adelrefy on Twitter, you got to send me your Arbor Day posters. <laughs> please, please. I will shatter every piece of art on my walls right now and just put that up. Please, and day, please. And the day before Arbor's Day, the day before Arbor Day, we're going to call New Year's, uh, New Year's Trees. Um, and that's, we're all going to get high, <laughs> get, go into the forest and get high two-day event this sounds like a dream this is all i love it all <laughs> and then of course in the winter there's uh our borealis uh, <laughs> uh the northern trees yeah, yes. it didn't really work when i said it but in my mind it was funny <laughs> i stand by my previous nomenclature the great battle refi how great is he seriously and hey, if you want to, you know, drop some reviews while we figure out what we learned, I think that would be a good use of time. We learned that any nine-year-old could be made up of tiny whales. You've got a nine-year-old in your house right now. Double check if they have baleen. I'll wait for you here. We learned that my questions can be so good that they induce labor. Watch out, ladies. We learned that being nerdy is definitely passe, but so is X-Pac, and he's in the Hall of Fame, so. And now, does anyone, show of hands, on this tour know about the legend of spooky Conair Madlibs? Anyone? Anyone? As the story goes, he comes out once every Arbor Day with a haunting, my wife. But I think that's Tim Allen knocking on my door. I gotta go. I'll see you in two weeks for the next episode. Thank you, and good night.